sword, 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 Thank you, Brandon. Thank you, man. Thank you, Sparks. Welcome, everyone, to the 209th episode. I'm glad that's there of the Fake Dirt Podcast. I'm Ryan. There's a lot of sword talk today, guys. No matter what topic we're in, there's a bunch of swords in it. So uh, let's jump right in. Hey, guys, what's up? How was your week? Brandon, hey. how about you go? Oh, shit. Okay, I'll go. Um, I just picked. Sorry. Fine. My week was fine. You know, a little depressed, but that's whatever. Hey, um, sorry. Aren't we all these days? Yeah. I watched a lot of movies this week, so I'm not going to talk about them all. Uh, if we don't mind just going into right into our weeks. Let's do it. Okay. I ended up doing do two thing. double... What? Do the Are thing. You playing? Are you playing Super Mario 34? Maybe. 68? Which okay, one are you playing? 64. Okay. Yeah, because out of all the X books I had to read, I've only been able to play that game for two hours. Yeah. Nothing we're else. recording a day early, which is... We which are recording is, a day early, so... Yeah. But we did our homework a little early, which is cool, which is nice. I mean, I'll, I'll get into that game once it's my turn, but it's Brandon's turn to talk about his week, so... Uh, I did a couple of... I did a couple of double features. I, I did a Who Framed Roger Rabbit and Back to the Future double feature. Uh, Bless you know, your heart. For that, Robert Robert Zemeckis, Steven Spielberg, Kathleen Kennedy, and uh, Christopher Lloyd double feature. Okay, um, that look, both those movies are classics. Who Framed Roger Rabbit is a amazing movie. Um, I wanted to watch it because I watched that. I talked about it last week, but I watched, watched Prop Culture on Disney Plus, and there's an episode where he goes looking for Roger Rabbit props, so kind of got me in the urge to watch it again. Mm-hmm. The same thing happened to me when I watched that show. I watched yeah. the show, and then a few hours later, I'm watching Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, that, mo- that movie's so good. Christopher Lee is so good in that movie. Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> Saruman <laughs> shows up out of nowhere. It's crazy. Uh, <laughs> no, can, hold up, hold up. I got to do this bit for a hot second. Can you imagine Christopher Lee as Judge Doom? It's like, you forget, Roger, that I am judge, jury, and executioner. Of Toontown. Is that Christopher Lee? I think so. Um, that would I be did a most stop. <laughs> I did a um, what is this one? A feature directorial debut about uh, fathers reconnecting with their children. Double feature. Okay. Uh, I did um, what's that movie called? Like Father, with Kristen Bell and um, Kelsey Grammer. It's on Netflix. It's okay. actually directed by the wife of Seth Rogen. Oh, the wife of Seth Rogen. What's her name? She's a, she's an actress. Shit, I just had it on the tip oh, of my tongue. Oh, she is. She's an actress. I mean, she's a good actress. I like her a lot. Okay. Um, I forget her name now. I, I would look it up. But I don't have the time since I'm talking about my stuff. But okay. Um, it's great. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Kelsey Grammer is a lot of, is really fun in it. You know, he's trying to reconnect with his daughter, who is Kristen Bell. Uh, they go. They end up going on on Kristen Bell's honeymoon cruise. Instead of her, as, because her husband left her at the altar. Oh, uh, that was a lot of fun. And I also watched Made in Italy, which is shit. I forgot his name too. Lean Jarvis, Lisa. Jarvis from the Avengers. Oh, uh, Agent Carter, James Darcy. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Interesting. Um, he directs this movie. It's his feature debut. Yeah, that's the Liam Neeson and his son, uh, Michael Richardson movie. That movie's not as fun. It's definitely more of a drama piece, uh, but it is solid. I think the the acting is really good in it. And if you want to do a Qui Gon Jinn origin movie, that kid's a dead ringer for Liam Neeson. 
Disney. Disney, you got your you got your Qui Gon Jin. Okay, you uh-huh. got Qui Gon. Um, yeah. So I, I, that was so I, the, both of those are well worth a watch, I think. And then I did a babysitter double feature. I did the babysitter who would, one. Who would hmm? be a good young Christopher Lee? Oh, because you need one. You need one. Yeah. First, first, I'm gonna go to Google and type in young Christopher Lee and see what that looks like. <laughs> you guys continue uh, to talk. That's a good question. Um, so I did the Babysitter and I did the Babysitter Two, uh, both Netflix originals. Um, I watched them mainly because Samara Weaving. Uh, and I just, you know, if she's in Ready or Not. We just saw her in Bill and Ted, and I wanted to see more of her. And I found out yeah, she's in sure. those movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, those movies are a lot of fun. I was surprised at how fun they were. Um, mm-hmm. The first one is a solid, uh, is a solid kind of horror comedy slasher. It's, it's fun. The second one is wacky as shit, and my god, I think it's better. I'm sure it is. I I, I enjoyed the Babysitter, but I definitely thought like it could be better, and I'm mm-hmm. glad that the second one is. The second one, much like Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, ups the wacky factor. Mm, good. Or or much like Happy Death Day. Or much like you. Happy Death Day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To you. Um, I prefer it when something that you kind of look at like as a wacky concept decides to lean far more into a wacky concept and just go up, go out of their way to be bonkers. Um, it's got some twisted NC coming, and it's it it's I think a more solid entry between the two movies. Excellent. Um, I finally watched. This is the end of the double feature talk. I finally watched under Ryan's recommendation, Ip Man. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, I'm I, not tired of doing that. Donnie Yen's crazy. <laughs> uh, Mulan left me cold. We talked about it on our review, but Mulan left me cold with the kung fu action film. So I went searching for more kung fu action films, and I asked on Instagram for some recommendations. Got some great recommendations. Hero was the most recommended with Jet Li. It mm-hmm. is not available anywhere in a digital format, so I have not been able to watch it. So I watched It Man instead. Cool. Uh, that's Donnie Yen. I didn't know that was based on a true story. That's a biopic. It, it's a, a lot of it is dramatized, but it is it is based on a lot of, of facts too, though. So it, it yeah. is still cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Borden Hello, hello, Borden Annoyed. Uh, yeah, Borden Annoyed. Oh, we're talking doing? about It Man, which was one of the movies we watched on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Um. That. That's that. That's what I wanted to see from Mulan. Yeah, that's the movie. Like that's, that's a, an, an invading force with a yeah. cool protagonist defending. Yes, with cool with cool action sequences. That's what I want. Yeah, and the fact that it didn't get me, uh, the fact that Mulan it just left me cold. So I'm glad I finally saw it. Man, I will watch the next three this week. Hopefully, I haven't. Uh, I, no, I haven't seen the other ones, and I've heard I've heard they're all good, but to varying degrees of good. So mm-hmm. we'll see. I just want more kung fu action films. I, I assume that's great. Uh, I think that first movie is good because it has good story and good action. Yeah. Um, I watched. I'll talk, I'll say this first. I watched Jurassic World, Camp Cretaceous, the Netflix show on Dream. Dinosaurs on Netflix. Uh, I was surprised at how good it is. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm willing to go as far as to say it is good. It's not great, not wonderful. Uh, it's not trying to be a comedy. It's mostly just trying to be a lighthearted adventure. Um, so there's not like many jokes in it that don't land and the ones that are there land more than not. Um, they touch on a conspiracy in the park. Just surprised that they would try to go so deep with it. 
Um, hold on. <laughs> Brandon, look at Zesty Ranch. Brandon, look at your window. No. Anybody <laughs> tells you to look at the window, don't do it. Don't He's it. on the seventh floor, so it, it must be Homelander. Uh, yeah. There. No one can get out there. And now he's just yelling our names. <laughs> right. Okay, anyway, so I watched the Jurassic World uh, TV series, and um, I am still bummed that it takes place so close to Jurassic World, much like Star Wars Resistance, which takes place shortly before The Force Awakens and then leads into The Force Awakens. I don't think that works too well. It does line up with the movie well, but it takes a while to get there which I was surprised by. It's not like episode one, we're at Jurassic World. It's like episode four, episode five. Now we're now the park is going to shit. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of refreshing. It's a decent watch. And I think people should, and people are watching and people are liking it. But if you have any interest in kind of like the Jurassic Park franchise, I think it's probably the more solid entry since Jurassic World. Okay. Because I still think Jurassic World, the movie is a decent entry in the franchise. But I think Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous is up there. Um, I'm glad to hear that it's not bad. I still don't know if it's if it's what I want at sure. all. And it's, um, it's, it's not certainly not. It. Yeah. Yeah, it's certainly not what I wanted from a Jurassic Park TV series. But what it is is pretty good. So I was cool. at least happy to, to have that. That's good to know. Um, that got me in a dinosaur mood. So I watched The Lost World, Jurassic Park. And Jurassic Park three because I've seen Jurassic one recent Jurassic Park one recently. Mm-hmm. We talked about it before on the show. I think Jurassic, Jurassic the Lost World rules. I think the movie is great. Um, Jurassic Park three. I was watching this one. And I was surprised at the fact that I was enjoying it. It's dumb. It's bad, but it's actually a pretty just fun breezy watch. It's only an hour and a half. Yeah, I, I it's been a long time since I watched it, but I think. I don't think it's it's great compared to the standards of the franchise. Yeah. But um I think it's a completely fine action movie. I think I think really it's only cardinal sins are that they they don't let you have any stakes because they kill everyone you expect to die in the first five minutes and then never anyone else. Yeah. yeah. So you yeah. never oh, feel yeah. like any main character is ever in danger after that because they all die at the plane. Yeah. Uh yeah. and then the other cardinal sin is uh is breaking up Ellie and, and Dr. Grant. Just for her to be in there for a sh- stupid cameo, basically. I will never, yeah. ever forgive them for breaking up Alan and Alan. Having, having rewatched Jurassic Park, I think, just a week or two ago myself, uh, I sat there and I'm like, you, you like fundamentally ruined the whole point of <laughs> yes. their story in Jurassic Park. <laughs> you like just shit the bed on it. Because you, you even could have had them like broken up, but you made the reason kids. And yes. it's like, um so with with the reunion happening in jurassic world colon dominion speculate one will will she be single ready to mingle with our doctor here will they just be homies and they'll have a like a reconciliation and what do you what do you actually think will happen because i hope i hope it's not gross fan service and like she she gets home wrecked and then they end up together or something because that's what i expect to happen she's and i'm like that's so gross she's she's been divorced for a while okay that's fine and her kid is like college age now high school college age. that movie was what like 10 years ago or something yeah 20 yeah see that kid's old oh god so so she like grant doesn't even need to worry about the kid part of it it's true gordon annoyed said his ranking is one three four two five Ooh, ooh, no (laughs) 
That is unpopular. You're right. <laughs> five, I agree with. I will. Yeah, I agree with five. I agree with five and one, or five yeah. and one. That's why I agree yeah. with. Um, I do no. still think the Spinosaurus is is super cool. For sure, I, I'm a oh, big not. fan. Uh, hey, you know what? Really awesome animatronic scenes. Yeah, yeah. That movie has great animatronic scenes. From what I can remember of Jurassic Park three, I will give them that the dinosaurs still looked pretty damn good. Yeah, the uh, except it kills the T Rex, so you know, screw it. Yeah, that's that part pissed me off. Actually, man, I forgot how long that movie came out because I remember going to the theater to see it, and in the opening or like the trailers beforehand, we got that uh trailer for Spider Man where he catches the helicopter between the two towers. You guys remember that? That yeah. then that thing got pulled. Yeah, that thing got pulled quick. I got web zips. All right, I'm gonna pull out of tangent zone here, uh, Brandon. <laughs> Good tangent. Continue. Yeah. Um, oh man, Borden Annoy says, I hate the Lost World. Oh Lord. It's been too long for You're me, but I just entitled to that opinion. I just haven't seen it in a long time. I don't yeah. remember. So yeah, I, I I it's look, it's an hour and a half. It's the shortest in the in the franchise. It's it's dumb. But yeah. yeah. I beat Spider-Man PS4 uh again. That's my second that's my second go through. Nice. Uh I beat it in anticipation of what we will talk about later in the episode. Um so great so great uh, DLC or just, just the main game I'm part of the DLC this week but so just the main game but the ending uh, is still a really great emotional beat I agree yeah. mm-hmm. um, and then sorry Porter Annoyed says 3 was dumb fun Raptors were neat story stunk but I was so bummed by 2 that I didn't care 1 is really the only great one that's fair I, I think I will agree that 1 is the only really true the great one I think so. That's I think for so. Me. I, agree. I, I, think, I think I'd agree with that too. Yeah. I think I think on the standard of great, yeah. Um, and then kind of like, I'm going to say this is the big thing because I actually think this is worth talking about. This is a new Netflix show called Julie and the Phantoms. Um, it's with the only recognizable star that, for example, that I think we will know is the voice actor for Finn from Adventure Time. He's in it. Oh, okay, cool. Um, he plays the bassist Reggie. Uh, the plot is th- three kids, three 17 year old kids in 1995 die and they were in a band. They die. And then in, tw- in 2020, they come back as ghosts to help out uh, this little girl who lost her mom recently. And when she sings with them, they can be seen by other people. Oh, that's actually a dope oh. concept. I like that. Yeah. Uh, the music is really good. I will say that for sure. It's corny as hell, though. They they ham it up. What what um, age demographic is it? Because I don't, I don't know anything about this. It's thing. young adult, certainly. Okay, Probably skews towards, skews towards younger than young adult, even. Okay. But I can't say it's a kid's show, for example. Gotcha. Um, what service is it on? Netflix? Netflix. Or? I think the corniness actually uh, rubs off on you and you become and it becomes less annoying and more charming mm-hmm. as the identity for the show. Um, and like I said, music's really good. I've had that soundtrack on loop ever since I finished it. It's apparently based off, based off a Brazilian show uh, of the same name, but it's Spanish. Um, sure. Uh, but I, I think it was a, it was a, it's a fun watch. It's only eight episodes. Each one is twenty minutes. Uh, 
I recommend it honestly if you guys it's a cool concept. I think you guys would like it. Okay. No, it kind of, I do like the concept. It reminds me a little bit of that movie Susie Q. Do you remember that? You guys remember ever seen that movie? Yes. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I do like how when the girl sings that all the other ghosts can be seen because in Susie Q, Susie can only be seen by the male protagonist. Yeah, so they so they play so she gets comfortable singing with the three ghosts now and the and they were in a band beforehand when they died they were about to play the orpheum um oh hello k titus hey titus hi king titus uh we're doing okay um so so they were about to play the orpheum and they had died like hours before they were going to play the orpheum and so they're in a band so when she sings and they're playing their instruments they can be seen um so they they pretend that they're uh, holograms so that she can perform in front of people gem and the holograms that's yeah i think the illusion is supposed to be there because <laughs> uh, uh, gem and the holograms is an 80s toy line before it became a shitty movie um but yeah, a uh, good comic book series oh. by kelly thompson oh okay <laughs> yeah Never read, oh, it. read it now yeah no i remember i remember yeah. old transformers no, uh, that's oh. boom or idw one okay. of the two i'm sorry ben what'd you say no, um, I remember seeing a commercial for Gem and the Holograms, like the t- the cart the eighties cartoon, in front of my Transformers uh, VHS tape. Robots. Um, so yeah, I think that that shows uh, a fun one. I I think you guys would enjoy it. But that's uh, all I did. Awesome. So I'm I'm gonna go next to keep the uh, the X mentality going, and then Ben's gonna go because I'm just that's how that's how it's going today, guys. So I. Uh, had a shorter week this week because we're recording Saturday, so I worked a lot of the week. But uh, I read some comics, and guess what, guys? Have you heard of this game called Marvel's Avengers? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I won't no. go into that too much because I said I wouldn't go into like uh, it's still that game. But I did realize um, I really wasn't leveling up a lot, and there is still more stuff for me to do. It's just higher levels. So like, I finally hit the like final thing you can do um before like the big raid like the big super duper thing so i think i'm going to keep playing until i get to the high enough level to do that thing uh because that's currently the end game stuff uh and i'm just i'm chugging along I, the, the game's still fun to play um i read a lot of comics you guys most of it was for this topic um but i also read some new comics um called let's see x-men 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 um <laughs> I, I, uh, some of you don't know, I really like Iron Man. Uh, I'm DJ Tony Stark. That's been my handle uh, since I was a teenager. Uh, uh, right when that movie was coming out, like I was like, oh, there's an Iron Man movie. Let's check out some of those comics. Like It was right at the same time. Um, and I think Iron Man's really cool. And unfortunately, there haven't been a lot of great Iron Man comics, uh, as many as like, you know, the big, uh, uh, like Thor had a 10-year run. Iron Man doesn't get that. Uh, Chris Cantwell, uh, uh, yeah, Dan Slott was currently writing Iron Man. Let's just—it uh, was a stinker of a book. It stinks when I don't get to read my, one of my favorite heroes. Um, Chris Cantrell, who's writing Doctor Doom, that book's dope. He can attest to it, so it's not just me talking about it. Um, Doctor Doom's dope. Doctor Doom's dope. Uh, Iron Doctor Man dope. Is, is dope. It is a—it uh, is a super back to basics, like literally like back to our our book club basics of him going back to that old school suit, um, hanging out with people he hung out with from the seventies and eighties um he he lost his money but then he recently got it back um so it's kind of back like yo it's like old school tony stark again but he's not as as war hungry as as he used to be um i just really think it's a great a great representation of tony stark and modern technology and i think the villain setup is is excellent and um very iron man 3 where um 
Tony ignores someone from his past and it's probably going to come back to haunt him. Um, and I just think it's a really fun book. Um, if, if you're looking for a good Iron Man back, like this is the time to check it out. Like this guy, like if this book doesn't sell, then he's, he's not like a, uh, he's not like a dangerous author or writer, but like, he's definitely outside the regular spectrum. So like, I really want this book to succeed so he can have a long run. Cause like, this is a really cool, uh, uh, back to like, again, back to basics approach while still being something new. Um, so that book was pretty fun. I read a lot of X-Men. I don't want to talk about those too much cause it's just, Hey guys, it's more, more the same. We're going to talk about it the next two weeks actually. Um, oh my gosh, that actually might be it. That might be it. Oh, Marvel snapshots, Cyclops. I'll talk about that one. So that book, uh, uh, the Snapshots line is just kind of like a, a really personal look at some of these heroes. I know there's been a Captain America one. What else has there been? Uh, Human Torch had one. Human Torch had one. Um, I, Submariner America. had one? I could have swore I saw an ad for a Submariner one once. Submariner one. Right. Yeah, uh, Namor had one. I think um, the only one I, I have is Cap. Um, but I bought this one because, one, it's Cyclops, it's X-Men. But two, it's written by Jay Edidin. And for you guys and for the people in the chat and people listening, Jay Edidin is the host of the world's most popular X-Men podcast, Jay and Miles Explain the X-Men. Uh, Jay is also a trans man. Um, and the, the, I don't want to say what the title of the podcast used to be because it's not, it's not what he, he goes by anymore, okay? Mm -hmm. So uh, I think that Cyclops book, it is one, a great exploration of Cyclops as a character, but it's also a really personal take on someone dealing with identity issues and really personal stuff like like I don't know I don't know what to do in the situation so I'm going to try to um instead of trying to fix one problem I'm going to try to fix every problem cuz Cy Cyclops is known as a guy who like he fixes everything he's Mr. Fix it like he's like he's very much like a boy scout kind of like Superman but you know he's a little more radical in some ways Mr. Um, Joe fix it Mr. G yes he is he's actually the Hulk believe it or not uh that's one of his that's he he that's beams the out the Hulk issue, yeah. that's the identity issue that's the identity issue yeah um <laughs> But uh, that's just a really, really great comic. And, and it's really nice to see someone with such love for the X-Men and Cyclops is his favorite character. Um, someone to actually like a real fan to get the opportunity to write the X-Men and have like an impact. Um, and it's just a really good comic also. It's just a really good comic. Um, so I'll leave it at that. Uh, let's, why don't we go up to Ben up there? Mr. L.A. Dodgers, man. Yeah, oh, why, 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 thank you, good sir. They clinched a playoff berth this week, so yay, go into the playoffs. And uh, so not talking about sports this week, um, I didn't do a whole lot besides read a crap ton of X-Men books to get preparation for this. Um, the only other things I really consumed media-wise was just coming home, either reading a, reading a few books and um, watching the PlayStation Showcase, which we're going to talk about later on. But another big thing that I was waiting for was on Friday, the release of Super Mario 3D All-Stars, which I got, mm. and I've only played a tiny little bit of it. I only was able to play when I came home last night from work, and I haven't been able to play it because I was just catching up on the rest of my homework. Mm -hmm. So, so... <laughs> we got tomorrow off, man, so there you go. Yeah, yeah, we got tomorrow off. Man, I'm going to need a thousand words on my desk by Monday on the X-Men. No. Can I have I told you guys my pet peeve about about uh, TV shows? Whenever uh, they're in a classroom scene, the bell rings and the teacher takes that moment to yell at the homework. I hate that. Oh, I, I hate that so much. Three, chapter three, or murder, murder. Like, yeah, no, yeah, nobody listening to you at that point. I don't think I remember. I don't think a teacher of mine in high school or college ever said anything like that. No, it, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. 
I, I had teachers remind you of a thing that was like on the board or they'd already said, and they're just like, don't forget that paper yeah, yeah. is coming up. Or a something. reminder. Yeah. Right. But it's not a, and the homework is as you're heading out the thing. No, they like, they would have the homework written for the day written on the board. And when the second I sit down in class, I bust out my agenda, write down what I need to do and just be like, okay, cool. The last, I, I also yeah. think there's only like three times ever in my entire life that a high school teacher kept me up until the bell, like <laughs> in, a, in conversation oh, wow. and had wrapped it up uh, like two minutes before the bell. Another unrealistic thing. Uh, teachers in like in movies and TV shows, uh, they care way more than a lot of teachers do in real life. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry, right, Ben. So, I mean to derail. It's all right. So back to me playing, because I finally started playing Super Mario 64 on my Nintendo Switch. I've never played it before in my life. And I while I was playing it, as I realized it is good, I also realized that I have been spoiled rotten because I did not, because this time, this collection, while a decent collection, is a bit of a nostalgia grab for those who have experienced it or who experienced any of these games. I've actually watched a few videos on it, and a lot of people are saying the crown jewel of this collection is Super Mario Galaxy. It's not 64 or um, uh, Sunshine. And, yeah, Brandon, and why did you have to point that out? Yeah, sorry, Jackson. And no. <laughs> in, uh, in terms of like innovation, like I think 64 is still like the crown jewel, but in terms of just the best gameplay and in terms of innovation of gameplay, Galaxy is the one. Galaxy, yeah. so Galaxy is like yeah. that, that, like it turned like Mario 64 turned it from like 2D to 3D, but then Galaxy turned it to like literally like 4D almost. Mm -hmm. We're like it's doing things with gravity and just stuff with like with worlds. It's just like man, the, like the game designers are geniuses. Like it's it's one of the best games ever made. I think yeah. even more than that, what's impressive about Galaxy is that it was able to make the Wii Mote fun. Yeah, one of the yeah. yeah one of the few games that made like everything you could do with the Wii Mote because it did everything that the Wii Mote could do. Yeah, fun. Mm. Yeah, I didn't like using the Wiimotes, but you know, uh that uh, one was okay. Apparently they I make the Joy Cons had... very they make the Joy Cons very easy to use when you're playing Super Mario Galaxy, so no problems there. I was but I remember trying to use sorry, but I remember trying to use the Wiimote uh playing uh Goldeneye. Remember the remake of Goldeneye that was on the Wii? Oh, I didn't even touch that's that. That's a that's a pain in the ass. Actually not a bad game, but pain in the ass with the Wiimote. Oh the original N64 version, awesome game. BT dubs, no golden gun, no golden gun, and no odd job. Ben, is there an option for a regular controller for that game for, for Galaxy? For, I, I don't know because the only game I, I the only game to. I played was um, sixty four because that's yeah. the one I've was the, the collection is fine like the the because everyone every video I've watched they're talking about how Sunshine is like the dark horse the most divisive one whereas sixty four is a relic that has to be preserved and Sun and Galaxy is the true one that's worth the price tag. Yeah, because um, what? Because these are just ports. These are ports with just um, they smoothed out the edges. They made things a little sharper, a little cleaner. The text box in '64 isn't as blurry as it was back in the day, but everything else, bugs and all, are still there. Because I remember when I was playing '64, I was trying to get a star, and I was fighting the camera. I mm -hmm. mean, I was still having a fun time. I still want to go back and play, but I was really annoyed with that camera. Yeah. And I realized so, I have been spoiled on something called Super Mario Odyssey, which is a damn masterpiece on the Switch. Yeah. So going back to 64, even though I don't have nostalgia for it because I never played it, I can see it's like, you know what? This was the building block. Without 64, I wouldn't get Odyssey. We wouldn't get Galaxy. We wouldn't even get Sunshine, even. 
So you wouldn't like, get modern uh, 3D platforming. Yeah, we wouldn't get modern 3D platforming. the first one to be like, oh, yeah, we can do that. Okay. Mm-hmm. So finally sitting down to play it is fun. There are problems with it, but being able to finally mess with Mario's face on the start screen is hilarious. <laughs> Hearing uh, early recordings of Charles Martinet, uh, the voice of Mario on the ga- in the game is just like, man, this is great. And also it was really nice because both my stepsisters texted me and asked me if I got the game because my nephew Ben is playing it and loves it. And my nephew Austin absolutely loves it. He begged his mom to download it and she bought it for him. It's a Mario family. I love it. Yeah. So it, so it warms my heart that even the younger generation is playing 64 and they're not, as far as I know, they're not complaining about the graphics. They're not complaining about the gameplay. They're just like, I'm Mario. This is great. That's the thing about Nintendo. Um, we talked about it with like the launch of these new consoles. They've never been about being the strongest console or the best looking console. It's just, it's always been about are our games fun. Yeah. Like they, they were a game company in like the 1800s or whatever. And like, they yeah, still they are a game company. Like they make games just virtually. Like they just make video games now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, Hey man, the game doesn't always have to look the best. It just, it has to be fun. No, and, and their games are, are always fun. No. Yeah. They're I about mean, quality more than anything. Yeah. I'm still looking forward to going to Super Mario Sunshine and eventually Super Mario. I might skip Sunshine and go to Galaxy first, but once I beat Super Mario 64, I will, I will jump to a different game in that collection. Have you played Sunshine before? I never have, so I might Don't do skip Sunshine. it. Don't skip it. Get your own opinion. I think it's great. All right. All right. I'll go to the, Sunshine. The other thing about it, Ben, is like if you go from 64 and then go to Galaxy and then go back to yeah. Sunshine, you're going to be like, well, Sunshine's not as good. You're skipping. Yeah, you're going to be right. like, you're right. These gameplay mechanics are way outdated in comparison to Galaxy. You were just talking I mean, about I already jumped from 64 to Odyssey, and Odyssey was actually exactly. it was the first true 3D Mario game I ever played. No, you need to go through 64 and be like woof, and then go to Sunshine and go, oh, this is actually this is cool. With and this then improvements. and then if you play it and you really like it, you just played a great game. Boom, yeah. pow! You bought oh, it yeah. anyway. Play it. Yeah, Borden annoyed agrees. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, mean, I also enjoy Sunshine. I the only problem agree. I ever had with it was camera issues. Yeah, so, so like, fun fact, right. the voice of when when this game came out, because I follow, follow Charles Martinet on Twitter, he actually said that his favorite game in that collection is Sunshine. So I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, just getting, just getting the collection in my hands, even, even though Nintendo is saying that, yeah, this is only going to be available for a few months, I still think it's really dumb. But finally getting this collection in my hands, finally getting to play this game after not being able to play it for so many years. I'm just glad I finally have it on a system that's current and it will work no problems, no matter what. You so, got it physically, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I will. I would have fought for a physical version. Yeah. All right. I'll just borrow yours then. Cool. Oh, I have it too. Oh! <laughs> you don't have to. Sparks got it. He's beautiful. Yeah. So besides Super Mario, um, I also want to say at the top, I also wrote an article for Old School Gamer Magazine so cool thing. Thank, thank you, Brandon, because that link is down in the strip description below. It is about something that I'm going to bring up when we talk about more Nintendo stuff later on in the show. And besides that, uh, today I just got you. If you saw my Instagram story, you know what I got. I got a reshelled Game Boy Advance um, in a Super Famicom shell. The speaker got was fixed. It looks gorgeous. And also, guys, uh, we support our local comic book stores. And also, I want to say support our small businesses because I took a trip down to Lost Levels because they had a game I've been looking for forever. I saw it on their Instagram. I'm like, I need it. And that game is Metroid Zero Mission, the 16-bit upgrade to the original Metroid game. I got it. 
and I'm just one more game away from my uh, collection of Metroid games. That's Metroid Fusion. Gordon Annoyed, when are we getting a Metroid Prime trilogy collection on Switch? Uh, but it already exists on a different system. It's called the Wii. Yeah, it exists on the previous system, but um, that's a stinker. Well, when are we getting it on the Switch? We will get it 2028. Yeah. When's it like the 30th anniversary or 40th anniversary? You mean the 35th anniversary of Metroid? It's next year. There you go. You won't get it then either. Because <laughs> they, they seem to hate Metroid that whenever that new game's coming out. I don't know. Yeah, because yeah, I, I remember looking up stuff for Metroid, and it's like, Metroid 4, 2017. I'm like, and three years later, nothing else. What are you doing there? Nintendo? But here's the thing. I would rather them take their time and we get yeah. another Breath of the Wild than just get, like, another, like, whatever game. So, you know. Yeah. I will, although the last Metroid game they did release, uh, Samus Returns on the 3DS, was met with critical praise and adoration. So thank God for that. There you go. So, I as- so essentially, I now have the HD version of Metroid 2, which is right, the case is over there. It's blurred out, or it's bright now. You can't see it. So now I have Metroid 1, 2, and 3 to play on the best systems available, even though 3 is on um, still the SNES one, but I, could, I have that on my Switch and on my mini so yay for that that's pretty much all i did this week was just watch a bunch of stuff about video watch a bunch of stuff about video games read a crap ton of x-men comics and yeah here we are on a, on a saturday happy oh. happy batman day i'm wearing a batcat shirt yes happy- I'm, oh i'm wearing a batman shirt the Maybe talk like a pirate day. That's a Batman shirt. Hey, it's listen, Batman shirt. in the multiverse, all this probably does exist. So there you go. So at Manhattan, there's a Bat Ten America. Okay. Okay. Man. So Batman. <laughs> <laughs> he so made it hard. I hear your master again. Those Wii ports haven't aged well. No, I I I agree. Also, I don't yeah. have that system, so. Be yeah, they're, they're probably if if Nintendo's gonna do it, they're probably gonna do it. But anyways, speaking of Batman and 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 since my shirt's an NES controller, I did see a Batman NES game at Lost Levels on sale. So um, Batman is in this was universe. It a, was it a Batman Returns game? No, it was Batman with um I want to say Dave Gibbons art of the Joker on it. Hmm, weird. Okay. It was an NES cart too. Okay. Sparks. Uh, you forgot that we watched the boys. Well, I usually leave that to you I for know. the double feature. I know we watched the boys. You watch? We're all caught up. The boys. Are they back in uh, town? Oh, they are. Yeah, uh, yeah. We watched all the boys. Uh, the boys is uh real good. It's that real show. Good. Uh, yeah. That's well, not not just a a great superhero show, but a like really good satire of just America. There's lots of aspects of America. Um. In like a way that a lot of other shows I don't I think don't do and it gets away with it because it's like a it's like a comic book show or whatever. Uh, when really it's like, man, this is like the show's super gross and like mm-hmm. in the superhero and real aspects. Um, it's so good. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll have a lot more to say about the boys at a later date. Yep. But we watched it. Uh, we also watched Lovecraft Country, and then we talked about it, blah, 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 and that's blah, blah, on YouTube blah, right blah, now. In the link uh, on the description. I won't say any more about that. This was a great week for it. I watched some Impractical Jokers because that's my like go-to. I got to fill in like 20 minutes of just like at this, uh, this week it was I need 20 minutes where I'm just not thinking about something related to school. So I'm just going to put on Impractical Jokers um, because I read collectively, I think, about 900 pages of books or articles for school this week. I, um, yikes. And had three papers. Uh, yikes. 
it was a week. Um, so there's not a lot school I did that wasn't school-related. Um, for school, I did watch Universal's classics Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein from 1931 and 1935. Um, that was part of one of my classes. Uh, classics, they're untouchable. No, no bad things to be said about that. Uh, Brandon and I played a big game with a whole bunch of friends of Among Us on Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we did. That was fun. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was a really good time. Um, and Ryan and I played some Fortnite the other day. We sure did. Yeah. Do you want to talk about any of that that Marvel? Oh my gosh! Stuff? They added you? they added this new mode to Fortnite that's called um, Marvel Standoff. And what it is is you drop in. The map is significantly smaller. You're on a team uh, uh, with other players automatically, like a lot of other players, and you get three respawns. And you have two abilities from randomly selected for you from uh, the Marvel heroes in the game. And then you can find other abilities on the map and pick them up and swap them and things like that. Just a big and Marvel so they're like the abilities club. of Venom, Mystique, Iron Man, Doctor Wolverine, Doom, the Silver Thor. Surfer, Wolverine, Thor. Oh my God, the Silver Surfer she board Hulk. is so sick, dude. Yeah. The Venom grab. Like, I, we weren't sure if it was Venom at first because, like, there's a Groot ability, but there's also, like, a long grab ability. And it's like, oh, no, that's great. I'm like, I don't know. It looks pretty goopy. Um, and it's Venom. And I'm like, well, that's cool. Um, I think that mode's fun, but I, I don't think it's as fun as just a regular game. No, I, I agree, especially when you have... I think it's a fun thing to do if you, like, run out of all the challenges. You you want to do something yeah. different. But if you're still doing the challenges, which we have plenty of challenges in the mm-hmm. Party Royale, I prefer doing that because we went around and did a whole bunch of those that yeah. were centered around, like, messing around with the Sentinel graveyard. Just, like, dance on a bunch of Sentinel heads. Like, that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that game continues to surprise me. Um, like the like, so like the quality. It's like it's such a high quality game. Uh, it's like no wonder. It, again, like it makes it literally makes billions of dollars. Like like the revenue this game makes is insane. And I get it because like we both bought into yeah. it. Um, it's crazy when like you get in any vehicle and the radio will play like major popular songs. I do just for real. Like them and I'm like again what? having Doja Cat. <laughs> yeah. Like that is like that is a million dollar like buy in right there. I'm like wow. Like, it works. They, yeah. they got me. I mean, the exposure is really good for them, too. Yeah. Um, the other things I did are uh, in Anime Night, which Brandon missed out on this week, um, we watched two episodes of God of High School. And I have to tell you guys, the pacing and the scripting is getting sloppy. Oh, no. uh, the animation is still top-notch, but the story is starting to get a little messy no. uh and not well crafted um love crafted and that's a bummer uh <laughs> i hate to say it but it's true um there's just uh there was this big focus on like two friends fighting each other and the animation was trying to tell you this was a really an emotional moment but nothing in the narrative had sold it as what the emotional moment was because they had no direct motivations in that moment they'd actually already addressed them. Okay. So they were resolved and then they were fighting Hmm. and the animations like, this is a big thing. And you're like, but it, but it isn't the characters are past that. So it doesn't matter. It's like making more drama. Um, no, that's not quite the right term. It's just mishandling its emotional beats and its pacing is really bad because it's introducing a whole lot of new concepts poorly. Okay. Uh, and fast. That's sad. It is sad. And the other thing that I did... More like the demigod of high school. Today is uh, I watched the first three episodes of Ratchet on Netflix. 
Ratchet. That's my. Oh yeah, that's that's the PlayStation Plus TV show about Ratchet. It's the yeah, one flew over the cuckoo's nest prequel. Yeah, yeah it is uh, from Ryan Murphy and Sarah Paulson. And Sarah Paulson's fantastic. I was as always very excited for that show. Actually, Betty uh, is actually gonna be. She's been watching it. She's gonna watch it in a few minutes. Uh, I was ambivalent going into the show. I'm still pretty much ambivalent. Three episodes in. Um, it's an eight episode season, so we're almost halfway through, and I'm kind of like, eh, I could take it or leave it. Um, it's pretty because Ryan Murphy knows how to do like set design and frame shots and colors, and uh, like I can't deny it's pretty. The cast isn't bad. Corey Stoll's in it. Um, Would you Man- television Snyder? No, okay. I wouldn't go. He's better than that because I There's actually like some of his stuff. He, so Ryan Murphy has two things he really likes to play with. And uh, to his credit, a lot of times he does it well, but also a lot of times he does it badly. And the two things he loves to play with are disabilities and uh, sexual orientation. And he brings a lot of that to the show, too, which kind of like, honestly, my biggest cr- criticism against. Has Ratchet, did he do Glee? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. My, <laughs> okay. my biggest criticism against Ratchet is that if you told me this was another American horror story, I'd believe you. Mm. There's nothing in the framing of it that differentiates it from that, which is confusing because nothing to me about Ratchet's character from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest told me that she should have a story with this kind of background so heavily about people committing crime and murder around her and like treating her yes. like she is a horror icon everywhere she goes. So I don't want too many spoilers. Cause like, I don't know if I'll watch this, but I just, I just, I will. Does she come into it being like a nice, nice, innocent person no. or is she already? No. So here's my, here's my biggest thing. So there is one factor from uh ratchet's life is not very well explored in the book, but there is one important factor that is there in the original story in her history, which is that where she started as a nurse was in the war. And uh, and that have that that left marks on her. Mm, okay. The show does reference that stuff heavily. That is part of the show. What's unfortunate is it's not the focus of the show, and it's not even close to the secondary focus of the show. If this were because it's supposed to be Ratchet taking on a job not long after she's come back from the war. Okay. So if the focus of the show were just a character study about her dealing with PTSD from the war trying to continue profession that making her colder towards people that kind of thing i'd be like this could be a great just character study of that idea that's what i thought it was gonna be that's not what it is what it is is um because you you get introduced to this idea very early on it's that uh in the first episode you get introduced to the concept that there is this guy who murdered a whole bunch of priests and he's going to this particular hospital for the insane to await judgment in a trial by the governor of California. <laughs> and um, and she lies and sneaks her way into getting hired at this asylum because that man is her brother. <gasps> and she is, is willing- that, Is his name Mr. Wrench? She is willing to take advantage of a mentally ill patient to encourage and convince him to commit suicide. Uh, in the first episode in order to help her get hired because of the circumstances based around it. And I'm like, nothing about this is the character I remember from the book. Um, And there's also a whole lot of like dealing with this idea. And I'm not 100% averse to this, but again, Ryan Murphy can sometimes do these things well and sometimes not. 
Um, sometimes it feels exploitative or heavy handed. Uh, Ratchet is also, they're playing with the idea that she is uh, secretly queer and that that is something that she's trying to repress. Okay. Uh, which I understand the value in that for Sarah Paulson playing the role, but I don't know if I agree with it being a good idea for this, like for this character that's supposed to be this character, like they're just basically changing the identity of Ratchet. Yeah. They want her to be more of, like I said, a horror icon. A lot of people are calling her that in the way that Ryan Murphy's framed the show uh, online. I don't. That is the goal he's trying to achieve with her. And I'm just like, that's not the character I ever saw. The the show being about the concept of her dealing with post-war traumatic stress would have been enough for me. I would have been interested in that. But this show likes to dabble with a whole bunch of other tropes and traits and he throws in characters that are doing a ton of American horror story-like things around Ratchet that I'm like, this, is, this isn't, uh, it's just not, there's nothing gripping or new here. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a shame. And, uh, and because I find her character confusing and confounding and no one else really rises to the top around her, there's really nobody I latch into on the show. That's that's pretty much it. Sure. Um, those are my comments on Ratchet. Uh, you might like it. I, I'm not even saying it's bad. I just think it's. I don't like. It's, it's, I don't like it's, this. Uh... It's bland, and it's it's uh, in my opinion, it's bland. If you're familiar with Ryan Murphy stuff, it's pretty much what you'd expect. I don't think that it's doing anything as innovative as I'd like it to. Uh, that being said. I don't know where the queer storyline will go or how they'll explore that. I guess that could be cool. I just, I think I just disagree with the idea of it needing to be the history of this character. Sure. Mm-hmm. All right, then. Should we get started oh, into our break? I got one more thing I forgot to mention. Sorry, really, really quick. So when I went to uh, Anime Impulse way back in January, which feels like a billion and a half years ago, to the only convention that I was able to go to this year, I met uh, um, a friend of mine named Chrissy, and she runs a little thing called EXP Shop. You could That's one of her uh, stickers. You could find her at EXP Gained on Instagram and uh, pretty much, and her store. But she also made me this. It's a little uh, Black Mage sticker since I cosplayed oh, as a Black Mage from Final Fantasy 1 when I met her. That's, oh my God, that's adorable. Yeah, so she uh, sent me a few of these stickers and I... Put and, it on your forehead and never take it off. No. <laughs> well, because you know how I have the Tomberry on, on my phone case? That's from her. This is where I originally got from, and a few weeks later, after I met her, she made she drew this up, and she recently moved, so she was able to send me a, a sticker of a black mage. So I thought that was really cool. Go follow EXP Gained on Instagram. She's nice. she's awesome. She does really cute artwork. Like during the one at when Avatar Last Airbender came out, she drew all the major Avatar characters wearing masks. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So just want to mention that. Love it. All right, I finally got my slide for the Sky Dragon pop figure. Okay. Swifer, the Sky Dragon! Swifer, no swifing. Don't you mean Swifer, the executive producer? All right. Anyway, moving into our bread and butter. B&B. And here's your bread. And your butter. Here's your bread and butter. Okay, okay. Not in my ear. Thank you. So we're not a political podcast. um, But... When something this historic happens, I feel needs to be spoken of. Um, this week, yesterday, in fact, saw the passing of Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. 
due to complications of metatastic pancreas cancer. She's been going to through treatment for a long time now for it. So she was 87 years old. Anything? Uh, you want me to go? No, go ahead. I uh, just I know uh, she was a fighter for for equality for for literally decades. Um, yeah. I mean, there's just I don't know her whole history, but just like the, the few things I've seen from the last the last day. Um, she, not yeah, not to get political, but like she's someone that we really need at a time like this. And yeah. it's it always seems like the 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 best people go at the worst times. Um, yeah, but like uh, I believe you you put out something like. I know it seems like dark now, but this is just you gotta you gotta. So, someone strong. shared someone shared a, uh, a tweet that I thought was really good because I I saw a lot of it uh, the moment that that she passed, uh, which is just like now is not a time to be fatalistic. Now is a time to to stand up and fight just like she would. Yeah, uh, it's not a time to give up hope. It's not a time to think this is the end. The fight's going to be hard, er, uh, but it is it is not a time to go. Well, we're just we're down the hole down the drain in the can now yeah um so uh if you <sighs> yes she did a lot of great things um she was wonderful there were a whole lot of people i think ever since trump got elected that were saying you know just keep her keep her going keep her alive because we can't lose her during this time yeah. um whatever your political opinions are uh you know that's how we feel i <laughs> i think i can speak for everyone on the podcast about it um and uh as far as fighting uh if you care and you think it would be unfair which i think it was just sick uh for mcconnell to make it clear that they were going to vote in a person an hour after ginsburg had passed away um if you care about that um blow up his phone his phone number's out there on twitter i know there are people sharing it out uh to demand that no you can't do this uh that would be crap. You cannot uh, now, a whole lot of people are sharing it. You know, it's out there. Uh, you cannot elect a new Supreme Court justice in an election year because you made that policy when uh, uh, Obama was trying to put Merrick Garland. So <clears throat> fight for that. Yeah. Um, McConnell's already trying to weasel his way out of it. Uh, don't let him. I hate that fucking turtle. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's move on move on to the to the comic book stuff she lived a really good life though uh yeah a long long hard life of fighting for a lot of good people yeah. i happen to think that the documentary rbg and the movie battle of the sexes uh were really good cool yeah check those out check those out all right uh as we as we spoke of, yes- of yesterday we are going to start doing a um running update on the uh, Ray Fisher v. Warner Brothers Justice League uh, whole debacle. Oh, here we go. So this is this week's update. Jason Momoa last week said that he just said, hashtag I stand with Ray Fisher. This week, he put out a huge bombshell. Uh, I'm just going to read the Instagram post. Uh, this shit has to stop and needs to be looked at. At Ray Fisher... Uh, and ever and everyone who ex- who also experienced what happened under the watch of WB Pictures needs investigation. I just think it's effed up that people released a fake Frosty announcement without my permission to try to distract from Ray Fisher 
speaking up about the shitty way we were treated on Justice League reshoots. Serious stuff went down. It needs to be investigated, and people need to be held accountable. That was big. Yeah, that's uh, we reported on that. Mm-hmm. Yep, we sure did. Uh, it did seem weird at the time that Jeff Johns would be attached to a Frosty the Snowman movie. I'll be honest. Yeah. <laughs> It seemed uh, weird at the time that both of them would be attached to a fake Frosty the Snowman. Yeah. Um, when, I read that, that, when I read that Frosty, I'm like, what does he mean by Frosty? And then I was like, he's not talking about the snowman, is he? Yeah, the snowman. Yeah, yes, we, we, ta- we, we talked, talked about, about it. it on the podcast that there was an announcement that Jason Momoa was doing a Frosty the Snowman movie. Why do I not remember this? It was, uh, it was months ago. Not, yeah. that, not many months ago, but it was months ago. Yeah. And it was just weird. But apparently, uh, it was because of this investigation. Wow. Um, tried to try to buy Jason Momoa out, I guess. Because uh, when you type in Jeff Johns, Jason Momoa, instead of this popping up, the Frosty thing pops up instead. Yeah. Like, yeah. Wow, that's um, real cool. Ray, Ray Fisher, there were a couple more things that Ray Fisher put out this week um, just to finish up the update. Uh, Ray Fisher posted in a Twitter uh, post uh, claiming that the uh, timing of the Ben Affleck reveal of the Flash, Ben Affleck returning as Batman, was to distract from another an earlier tweet he had put out about the investigation. Uh, I I can totally see that. Oh Where sure, that timing was happening makes a lot of sense. Yeah, um, he also tweeted that the independent investi- quote unquote independent investigation is not talking to a key witness and is in fact ghosting that key witness. Um, and then he is also, and then also this week he posted that he is going to try to get Warner Brothers to get a different third-party investigator involved than the one that is currently involved. Good, unbiased. Uh, I am pleased uh, that Ray Fisher is making everything as public as he is. It seems that that would be necessary. I wish it wasn't, but mm. uh, these are major corporations, and regardless of how much we like individuals who work in Warner Brothers, I'm not meaning anyone in particular when I say that I re- I'm really not um, or the products that they make it's it's easy to forget that like they are a corporation they are about bottom lines and they don't like bad press and they certainly don't like being publicly shown that they did something wrong and uh, this is getting uglier and uglier and I wonder what Warner Brothers next move is going to be um, because the more that he goes public eventually they need to or it's going to look really really bad for them Mm-hmm. Regardless, like what, regardless of like what else uh, there there will come out of the investigation and everything, the more that they play shady while he's playing honest, uh, yeah. they look worse. Damage control. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of the current rumors of Brandon Routh returning as Superman in the Flash movie uh, are, are you know are happening. Wow, I didn't see that at all. I, yeah, I it's starting I to spread. It's start, it was starting to spread today. I think uh, I think as far as like uh, that is concerned, I think Warner Brothers very much needs in their mind uh, the Flash movie to be a big, big hit for mm-hmm. them and a big selling point of this idea, not just of multiverse, but of like it's a rebirth. our DC, our DC films will work yeah. in a way that you're going to like and you can go see all of them and you're going to like it. Um and I and I think they are getting nervous uh, that there's going to be blowback from this. Yeah, sure, right. definitely. And uh, you know, he can't get written out of the Snyder Cut because 
Wouldn't be the Snyder Cut. No, he cannot. And it's going to be really interesting to see how they uh, how they treat responses to that too, because we know there's more cyborg in that. Yep. Uh, and I cannot imagine that with Ray Fisher getting the attention he's getting, uh, that he's not going to get even more people rising to support him when that drops. Mm-hmm. Um, not to mention, there's a whole lot of you know. Supposedly, they want him in the Flash movie too, so they got to square this away first. Um, Wait till the next update, I guess. Next week's episode. I am glad that Jason Momoa is like putting the hammer down and saying, "Like, no, we need to stop this crap." No, that's Thor. He puts down the trident. Oh, there we go. There we go. All right. Speaking of DC, uh, DC Universe had a big week when it was finally revealed. What, in fact, DC will do with the streaming service DC Universe. It is going to be turned into DC Universe Infinite, a premium comic book subscription service to debut on January 21st, 2021. And in Worldwide, which is the big selling point, is going to finally go worldwide in summer. And the current subscribers will just... They'll just have it on that day. It'll just turn from one to the other on that day. No need to renew your subscription or anything. They'll be like, surprise, here you go. No, notably, notably, when they do automatically have it, they may have to change where they have it at, as it will not be available on all the app services it is currently. Yes, it will not be available on like smart TVs or things like that, but it will be available on your iOS and Android. Right. Um, so it will that, that app will disappear on that right. day, essentially. Yes. Right. Uh, so, like, it will now be a complete comic book service, like we thought, like we all assumed it would become. Mm-hmm. Um, however, instead of being posted a year after publication, they'll be posted six months after publication to kind of more directly uh, compete with Marvel Unlimited. Can you make your stop? Um, every original series that is currently on the DC Universe, like every original television show, is going to move uh, to HBO Max, like we assumed. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that announcement came the announcement that Harley Quinn has been renewed for a third season. Fantastic news. Wait, 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 yeah. wait, wait, wait. Awesome. Very happy about that. Very, very happy about Harley Quinn. Um, let's get let's get that. Yeah, Harley Quinn. They also said a, a, a really nice little tidbit that I thought was fun, which is that they said there's one character besides Harley and Ivy that we'd never, ever kill on the show, and it's Bane. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. Never Thank kill Bane. Thank God. Don't kill Bane. <laughs> Uh, which to me means more Bane and I'm happy. As far as the the comic reader app future of it, um, yes, we we suspected it. Uh, I'll I'll pretty much reiterate the points I made before, which is that I think they're going to lose a lot of people from it because Mm -hmm. when you have people who feel like they were paying for a service that, I'll be honest, half the time didn't deliver on what it promised to begin with, and then you tell them now it's just going to be comics, but you're paying the same amount of money you were before for all that extra content. They see that as a loss, even though I, I know it's still cheaper than the Marvel equivalent yeah. for comic reading. And I understand the semantics of that when you've already put it out as one thing and they're changing it, but not lowering the price point at all. They're going to lose subscribers for it. They'll do oh, what They'll do what Gamefly did. Um, they'll they'll lower the subscription when people flee, like on on mass. Right. They'll go like they'll quickly realize once once that TV and movie stuff are gone, it's the same price. Like they're gonna lose so many subscribers. Go, oh, come back! You'll I'll, get a cheap. I'll be honest, price. guys. Like 
I'm not continuing my subscription. And to be honest, it's mostly because there's not a lot of DC I want to read right now. No, but there's 24,000 old comics that I'm going to read. There's 24,000 old comics that I want to read, but I don't need, I'm not going to read them in the next few months because no. I got school and stuff. So I don't need to be paying $8 a month when I don't have the time to use that app. No, I feel you. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not against the app. I'm not even against the price point. I just understand that like people are going to be put off by that. No, I agree. And I was buying like I had the only reason I still have DC Universe is like I would have quit it a while ago uh, is because I have the the year. I got the year for it. Yeah. Um, But I'm going to let that year run out. And then unless like DC Comics reinvigorates me to make me want to keep that for no for a while for no specific reason. When does that year run out? Uh, I think late November, early December. I was gonna say, when did we watch Fall Thing? Because that's when I like. Unrelated. Because I I jumped in on it when it launched. Uh, unrelated uh, statement. I better watch the Batman soon. Yeah. So I hope that it, in doing this, they will truly move everything on DC Universe to HBO Max and actually beef up the DC offerings on that app. I don't keep so anything on that app. So this means the Batman the Animated Series should be on HBO Max now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Superman Animated Series and Young uh, 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 Superman and the Legion of Superheroes mm-hmm. should be on there. Uh, like all, all of those shows and movies should now be on HBO Max and be on HBO Max permanently. Yeah. Um, right now, uh, the offer to upgrade your... Uh, upgraded DC Universe to HBO Max for four ninety nine uh, is going to be extended to October thirtieth. Yeah. So, yes. Nice. Cool. 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 It'd be yeah. nice if we can go into HBO Max's DC section and have all the animated movies there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Get a couple. Not split between services, but yeah. all in one place. Uh. All right. Um, before we get Ben on that tangent again. So we're gonna switch. We're gonna switch. Go to the other aisle. Marvel comics. Switch. Um, Marvel had a couple bombshells this week in regards to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which has been quiet uh, since you know Black Widow can't come out, so they've just been biding their time, uh, waiting to get that steam truck, the steam truck going again. However, Deadline had reported that Jonathan Majors, uh, Atticus Freeman from Lovecraft Country has been cast in the next installment of Ant-Man, and then said this. Sources say he is, quote, likely to play the supervillain Kang the Conqueror. Wow. Hell yeah. I mean, like, if he's not playing Kang, I'm still stoked. Yeah. yeah. He's playing Kang. I'm so stoked. And it does line up with uh, Peyton Reed recently said that Ant-Man 3 was going to be much more epic in scale. Yeah. Ooh. yeah. And Kang is certainly more epic in scale. Uh, and... Kang, I wouldn't say traditionally is a is a comedic character, but as you would know from Doctor Doom, he's and Young Avengers and Young Avengers. Yes, oh, that was I, that was a book club. Yeah, um, <laughs> he could be very funny. Uh, that dude, dude who just like he pops in and out of time and just being like, "Hey, what's up? I'm gonna mess with you for a little bit." Um, I just that and Paul Rudd. Uh, uh, if you're not watching Lovecraft Country, like you should watch that show. He's in uh, 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 Spike Lee's The Five Bloods on Netflix. Um, I'm probably going to watch that soon. With Chad McFosman. With Chad McFosman. There Same. you go. I want to watch that too. Um, watch it. I'll work in a schedule. Yeah, you yeah. can figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just, I think this is awesome. And, and 
Kang showing up like in Ant-Man is like not where I expected, which is which is again like Ghost is an, Iron, an Iron Man villain, so <laughs> yeah, I never yeah. expected that to happen. Um, and again, like yes, uh, he's time travels. You can do lots of things, but like I posted on Twitter, I was like, yo, that makes me think of Young Avengers shit because Kang is 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 a uh, is Iron Lad from the future. He's like Iron Man in the future, and and Cassie is now grown up in Ant-Man, so she can be she can be stature. Uh, you got the kids in Wandavision coming. Mm-hmm. That whole that whole group is coming together. And I'm like, oh man, this is cool. Mm-hmm. This is really cool. And that was the last bit of cool Marvel news. Yeah, I will week. say, I will say, I'm not sure about like the Kang. Yeah, d- leading into Young Avengers. Thing, only because Anytime of John- soon. Only because of Jonathan Major's age. No, you'll uh, get a young kid. No, you you'll know, get a young kid. Yeah, yeah. Because he's like, yeah, he's yeah, like a young 16. kid to play yeah. uh, younger version of him. Yeah. Also, Kang is like Curtis, who is like a have, man. We also have a uh, Patriot coming uh, in some form. And, well, we don't confirm, but we're pretty sure we're going to see the quote-unquote original Captain America in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Oh, yeah, okay. Who yeah. is oh, the grandfather of Patriot. Yeah, yeah. It's a slow setup, but it's happening. I'm ready, yeah. baby. Um, yeah, but, uh, all all good news. Very happy that he's uh, joining the MCU. If he's Kang, if Kang is coming, I'm so stoked. Kang is coming. <laughs> uh, and as Ryan said, that was the last bit of cool Marvel news that happened this week. Um, yeah. Except that they cast She-Hulk. Uh, we've, we kind of were hearing this was going to come soon, but Tatiana Maslany has been cast as Jennifer Walters, a.k.a. She-Hulk, in the Disney Plus live-action series. So I I was all on board for like the fan casting of Alison Brie. I thought that was cool. Um, that would have been fun. Tatiana Maslany is fantastic. And a fantastic choice as a person who absolutely adores Orphan Black, where she played at least a dozen different people, full-blown different identity people. Uh, that is so good. Um, I'm so pumped. I'm yeah. so happy for her. This just means we're, we're this much closer to that show being real. And I was yeah. like, oh, my God. Like, I know we're in quarantine, <laughs> but, like, eventually things are actually going to come out. I'm like, uh, oh, man. Falcon Soldiers slated to come out first, right? No. Actually, what oh, happened wow. this week What happened oh. this week is that Disney Plus released a coming soon, and it didn't have Falcon Winter Soldier, which we were okay. told would be the first one. It had uh-huh. WandaVision. Oh. So, we about- so, so keep yeah. in mind that uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier was supposed to come out a couple months ago. Yes. Like, August. Originally. And, about that. and WandaVision was always slated for the upcoming time of the year. Like November. So or it looks like okay. Falcon and Winter Soldier had to change the state, but they're not changing WandaVisions, yeah. theoretically. Okay. So it's still coming out in that November time period. Yeah, it was like it was like WandaVision and under it was like a 2020 thing. And I'm like, oh shit, we're gonna trailer soon, I bet. Yeah, yeah. Um I, I told Ryan uh when that was when that happened that I suspected part of the reason is because we know Falcon and Winter Soldier had to halt some of its filming because yeah. of coronavirus in other parts of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and I just suspect WandaVision didn't have that problem, so they were able to get it in the can. That seems like a very set show for for what we see. Right, exactly. So so I imagine that WandaVision just didn't face those production slowdowns. And we yeah. don't know at like what phase either show was necessarily, but like we know Falcon got slowed down because of that. So that that is what it is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, she's great in Three Below, by the way. Tales of Arcadia. Great mm. show. Tatiana Maslany. Yeah. Yeah, she's so good, guys. I, I really y'all gotta watch Orphan. I already told him we're gonna watch Orphan Black. Uh, y'all I'll, gotta watch it. I love it, you. I can. Do it's it. it's it's fifty episodes total. It is not a show to sleep on. Yeah, I've been meaning to watch it for a while. Um, we are all currently reading. Well, Ben 
had to read it for this week, but it's not actually reading it. New Mutants, the comic book series by Ed Brisson. Uh, yeah, kind of hate myself for not picking up that picking that that, that up when I should have. But uh, well, there there is a graphic there is a graphic novel out, right? Well, Trade? of course, Trade. yeah. Like I well, can pick up and then find the loose issues leading up to it or to yeah. keep current. Um. Well, Ed Brisson will no longer be writing uh, New Mutants after Ten of Swords. Who will be taking over are Vita Ayala and Rod Reese. Who is coming back. He did the Hickman uh, He did the Hickman stuff from, from the first two uh, trades. Um, yeah. Yo, man. Like, I'm going to be honest. Like, we'll get into it when we talk about New Mutants. But um, I really like the, la- the arc that's currently happening. I think it's really cool. Um, mm-hmm. So at least he'll get to finish that. Um, so it's bummed that he doesn't get to like have like a full ass run. But uh, if there's anyone to take it, it would be someone like within the household. Uh, Children of the Atoms coming out, and I bet that book's dope. So like, Vita, we need another writer. Do you want to do it? And they're like, Hell yeah, I want to do she's it. She's got the she's got the youth voice for the yeah. for those mutants. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I, I I think the new mutants are really cool. Uh, maybe one day they'll make a cool movie. Uh, you know, one can hope. I am now a uh, new mutants convert. Just just putting it out there. Woo! You're a Glob fan? You like Glob now? Did you know Glob is? God, glob. <laughs> god damn it. No. Oh, God. Okay. Well, no, Ben, you got to save it. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I'll save it. But let's get to Glob in the main topic. I need to I need to talk about something. Um, Basically, the, the, the solicitation reads that it's going to be about the younger uh, the younger ones like uh, Magic, Danny Moonstar, Karma, Warpath, Wolfsbane, Warlock, Scout, and more. Um, so real quick, the, the aftermath of Ten of Swords. So real quick, Scout, uh, aka Honey Badger, aka Gabby, who is the clone of Laura X twenty three. She's now a new member of the New Mutants. That's a big thing. That's really cool because because she's kind of been missing for a while. So now she has a home, uh, and she's like a fan favorite because uh, as you guys are reading, no X. If you're reading X Men, X twenty three is missing for five hundred years. That stinks. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's nice that we still we still get some x23 stuff you know i asked when do you think we'll see gwenpool in the x-men titles and uh that next week gwenpool was in x-factor uh technically i'll allow it it's a Fortnite <laughs> tie-in still funny she's there she is there she is the she's funny yeah uh but that was Fortnite. i thought so that was confusing actually yes it doesn't say anything it's funny no <laughs> all right so uh some miscellaneous news real quick paramount had some big news. Sorry, CBS All Access had some big news. CBS All Access next year will be rebranding to Paramount Plus. We also kind of suspected this would happen too. Yes, that's okay. <laughs> well, it makes sense because they were the whole thing was for a while. Correct me if I'm wrong on this, Brandon, but they were talking about like a separate service that was going to be like the Nickelodeon, Paramount movies things like that, all the stuff they got from Viacom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and they were going to have that and CBS All Access. And I'm like, that just doesn't make sense. Yeah. You just don't need another streaming service. And so we talked about that back then, that they should just combine it, and they are. Yeah. It's called, um, what's it called again? Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus. They had to say Plus, didn't they? Yes, they TV did. Plus? Disney it's Plus? No, I know. It's just like they couldn't be even, they couldn't be original about it. Paramount no. Now. It, <laughs> listen, anything is better than the one that 17 other streaming services are using. Um, it will it will launch in early 2021 and will incorporate uh, shows from MTV, Nickelodeon, BET, the Smithsonian Channel, and more in the Paramount Library. Will also be the home to the Paramount Movies, which CBS All Access does not have. So, right. oh, oh, uh, okay. so all uh, Star Trek in one place, baby. 
Transformers. All your, all your Paramount content in one place. Yeah. So remind me, Console Wars is coming out at the end of this month, right? Yeah. Okay. Is that good? Sure. That's probably going to pop on there. It too. will. St- everything that's on CBS All Access will stay on Paramount Plus when it transfers, when it converts. Yeah. They're okay. just bringing these things together. Although that is nice because to they're have not pulling a DC universe, basically, right? Like they're cutting, yeah. they're doing it early instead of yeah. waiting. Yeah. It's, it's, it's it's Paramount's version of HBO Max. Mm-hmm. You know, they're oh, taking yeah, HBO, yeah. which would be CBS oh, yeah, I, All I, Access, I and I adding in everything else Warner Brothers owns. Yeah, but I do know how like, a bunch of the Nickelodeon stuff is going to be sucked into one spot. Well, it's also we talked about this that CBS All Access got the exclusive streaming rights to play the movie, the SpongeBob movie. Right, right, they did. Um, and they're also getting the new SpongeBob show, CBS All Access original. Mm-hmm. The Patrick so, one? No, no, no the 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 Camp Coral prequel show. Oh, is it like Young Sheldon but with SpongeBob? And they'll inevitably. Yeah. Oh no, isn't Netflix the one getting the Squidward show? I think so. Yeah, oh, that's weird. I bet I'm that deal changes. Word. Yeah. All right. It will... just, just a, a quick comment, because I've been seeing people talk about like the Patrick show, the Squidward spinoff, and they're like, man, Steven Hillberg must be rolling in his grave, because he didn't want any of these shows to happen. He just wanted to do Spongebob and nothing else. And now Nickelodeon's sure. like... It's, hey, it's, it's really weird that when your show has seen it, the sunset on its day... Uh, and now it's just kind of an okay husk of what it used to be going through the motions. Every once in a while, it's good. Yeah. Uh, to then go, let's let's make more of this. Let's, let's make spin three, this off. Three more shows. Yeah. Yeah. Like Walking Dead. If SpongeBob have been top yeah. line quality up to this point, and then they did it, I'd be like, I kind of get it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, however, Paramount Plus will will also be the home of new original programming uh, that they will able to make from the Paramount Library of Films. For example, they're making a show called The Offer, which is going to be a scripted show about the making of The Godfather uh, from the perspective of the the producer Al Ruddy. Okay. Cool. Okay. Um, he's going to be executive producing the series uh, with Michael Tolkien. Uh, Michael Tolkien will write uh, the 10 episodes TV series. I'm, in, I'm into that. Yeah. All right. I think it's kind of cool. I like shows about making stuff, making movies. And it's, and it's a drama. It's like a, a dramatized version of it. So that's interesting. Then this came out of nowhere. This is not related to Paramount Plus. This is not something else. Paramount. Uh, DreamWorks. This came out of nowhere. The Crudes sequel. Oh, yeah. Very exciting. The Crudes, A New Age. Which, Got a poster. Which we did hear about. And then I think you and I both assumed died. Yes. <laughs> because it had been so long since we'd heard anything. I think you and I, Brandon, were both like, that project died. I think we both yeah. assumed it died around not long after the show was launched. Yes. There was a show? Yes, there's a show there on was. Netflix. Wow. Which is not good. Wow. Um, <laughs> as, as with a lot of the DreamWorks television shows, it just feels rushed out. Uh, and then all of a sudden, nope, Crude's 2 uh thanksgiving <laughs> and i'm yeah. like what and, and apparently had an, oris- uh, an original date of december 23rd and now they've moved it up to november 25th because they know they're not going to compete with like wonder woman and all that stuff too yeah i'm pumped i'm so Me happy too. We, uh, we get a trailer on monday nick cage is in it yeah yeah all baby yeah. whole voice cast emma stone oh. ryan reynolds wow. the cruise is such a good movie so the I've, Cru- I've been waiting uh, for a sequel forever for- Brandon, Ben, and I have the fun story of 
wanting to go to a movie when I was visiting here and nothing being out that weekend except really the croons. And yeah. none of us have been sold on the trailers. None of us were really stoked about seeing this movie, but we were like, I guess. So we went and saw the croons and lo and behold, to our surprise, like 10 minutes in during that incredible opening chase scene, we look at each other and we're like, is this good? Hey, <laughs> is this actually good? do you guys know who directed that movie? No, the guy actually. Who directed How to Train Your Dragon. Hell yeah. So maybe I'm gonna watch the Creeds. Some, yeah. Some, some, some oh, you time. haven't seen it? No. Oh, why would I see it? I thought it was a it look. The marketing was bad. I agree with you. The marketing was terrible. And yeah, so the marketing was horrible. No, and we were all movie. like, "Wow, this movie's actually really good." Yeah. No, yeah. I, I remember that. I remember that night very, very well because Brandon was telling because you visited Brandon and I when we were living at CSUN. and he was like, "Hey, my buddy uh, Sparks is coming down to visit." Because I only met you the one time I went to visit him. Right. And then we were just all sitting in Brand's dorm room, like, what are we gonna go watch? We're like, we don't know. Oh, dorm room. Yeah. Price we're old. Yeah. And we're just like, well, I guess there's the cruise. And it's like, ah, all right, screw it. We just want to get out of the, we just want to get off campus and go somewhere. Oh god, remember that? And yep. then we went anyway. Memories. So Man. all right. So the crudes, the characters, the crudes. Look, the description was way too long to just print and read to you guys, so I just summarized it. What is happening is that the crews meet the Bettermans, which are the next evolutionary form of human. Um, they meet the Bettermans, who's like modern man, caveman, that kind of thing. Um, and they're the world's first house guests, is what the is what the tagline says. Okay. Um, the returning cast of Nick Cage, Emma Stone, um, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, they're all back. But they're joined by Peter Dinklage as Phil Betterman, Leslie Mann as Hope Betterman, and Kelly Marie Tran as Dawn Betterman. Nice. I'm so well, happy. I am too. I'm I'm stuck. I'm, I'm really glad that this is coming out because I, I think I saw the trailer on, or not the trailer, the poster on Brand's Instagram story. I'm like, they're doing it? It's real? I, I it? watched it again not too long ago, maybe only a few months ago. And the, ending, and the ending, uh, I think I was like awake in the middle of the night all by myself or something. Yeah. And uh, the ending, also, I didn't know until this moment you hadn't seen it. Um, <laughs> the ending still like gets to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's an emotional. It's good. The clues. Yeah. I need to watch, I need to watch that movie. I really hope. Man, if we could see each other, we could do it as a movie night. Is it, it on could. Netflix? Yeah. Yes. I can do a Netflix party. We can all do a Netflix party. Bing oh. bong. Exactly this, but with the, the, the crudes on the screen. I really hope Belt comes back. You guys remember Belt? I'm sure oh, Belt is back. will be there, yeah. Belt, how can you forget? How, who could forget Belt? <laughs> who could forget Belt? You can't All right. that forgot Belt. All right. Uh, Nintendo Direct had a thing this week that I didn't it's, see. I didn't even know what happened. Is the rest of the stuff trailers now, basically? Yep. No, the PlayStation stuff. Okay. Yeah, the trailers for the PlayStation stuff. All right. Oh, true. Um, <laughs> the only oh, thing that you guys know. wanted the only thing that you guys Ben the <laughs> only thing that you guys wanted to talk about were the Monster Hunter games Monster Hunter Rise and Monster Hunter Stories 2 Wings of Ruin yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. so yeah. Um, I know I don't you've played some of it right or not at all what do you mean Monster Hunter I don't remember oh yeah I played the the uh, the last one that just yeah, came out yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Monster Hunter World yeah, yeah. Uh, I know I know Ben and I have played it together um so what so this is the actual next or next game in the series but it's exclusive to Switch which is cool 
uh, it's not like it's going to be any lesser of a game. It's just exclusive to the Switch. Uh, it looks super vertical, super like um, platformy, uh, while while still being that same Monster Hunter feel. I think mm-hmm. it looks dope as hell. Me too. Yeah, uh, Monster Hunter Rise because I know because I know there was another Monster Hunter game that came out after Worlds, which was Switch, yeah, Generations, which was a Switch exclusive. And now we have Rise and eventually Stories. I'm actually thinking more forward to Stories because as much as I know Worlds is like uh, an action RPG where it's, it's your tale, you're the hunter. But seeing an actual narrative kind of piques my interest a little bit, especially when but you it, have a girl protecting a Rathalos egg. I'm like, because when I see Rathalos, my first reaction is either run the hell away or swords out, Leroy Jenkins, this shit, let's go. So it's not the same type of game, Ben, as oh, as regular Monster Hunter games. It's like right. I'm, I don't know. It's definitely more of a narrative thing where like yeah. you're not you're not just hacking it up like you would in Monster well, for, Hunter World. Right? For stories, I think we always saw was like a cinematic trailer. We didn't see any gameplay. But this is the second game in a series, so we know what the yeah. first one looked like. Right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Which I I, I don't I'm looking at. That. I I've I never know. even heard about. It. I never even heard of the first Monster Hunter stories. To be honest with you, when I said Monster Hunter stories too, I'm like, when was the first one? What was the, yeah? What was the first one? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm really excited about about just more Monster Hunter stuff, and this stuff looks good. Mm-hmm. Stuff looks yeah. really good. Um, that first one uh, really got me pumped. Yeah. Movies coming out next year. Climbing shit. I'm excited about that. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Movies coming out next year. Yeah. Sure. Probably. I forgot about. Maybe that. that will finally get you into Monster Hunter mm-hmm. brand, and that's that's your gateway. Paul W. Sanderson hasn't let me down yet. Yeah. He hasn't? Oh, ben, so apparently Monster Hunter Stories is a uh, turn-based game. Oh. A turn-based type, type, a role-playing game. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. There All you right. go. All right. And um, All right. besides the direction, there's actually one other thing that I wanted to mention real quick. Uh, Nintendo... Uh, early on th- uh, Thursday morning, um, Japanese Twitter was essentially blowing was a buzz because the Japanese Nintendo website took off everything that related to the Nintendo 3DS. And a few hours later, a Nintendo spokesperson talked to Polygon and confirmed what we all knew was going to happen ever since the Switch came out, which was that the Nintendo 3DS is no longer being made by Nintendo. No more systems are being manufactured. That system is now officially done. However, they're still keeping um, the Nintendo eShop st- up and running. And as far as I know, they're still going to support online play. So even though they're not making this system anymore, they're still supporting it in some way, shape, and form. The, yeah. I'm trying to see. The 3DS came out. Mm-hmm. When did it come out? Come it came out in oh. 2011. Twenty, Yeah, so nine years. That's a very, yeah. very long life cycle. For, oh, yeah. for... And, and it had a lot of good stuff on it. Oh, like, yeah. Nintendo oh, yeah. 3DS was was the handheld that like without it you don't get the switch yeah yeah you know uh it was the gateway to that it was arguably nintendo's best system prior to the switch i would i would say better than the it definitely kept nintendo alive because it even though this the 3ds because i remember very vividly the 3ds had a very rocky start because when it first came out it was at a 250 dollar price tag a lot of people hated that and then sure. later on, they, they they cut the price. They came out with the new models. And even though the system did come in second to the highest selling handheld, which is the Nintendo DS, it still did a, a damn good job. Nine years, and it helped keep Nintendo afloat during the Wii U. 
So they just uh, they just made like more inventive games for that system. Innovation. Uh, that's yeah. that that was the thing, and that drew a lot of people. Also, I have a 3ds. Also, I, I play a bunch of. Don't games forget, they give you 3D without glasses. They did. That they is really the did. first time I saw that. It still blew my mind. Like I couldn't. Yeah. Like I, it's very rudimentary, but it works. Like you mm. could. That shit popped out at you. I'm like, holy shit. Like yeah, yeah. Why isn't this? Why aren't so many more things doing this? Right. Like for it's sure. It's really impressive. It is, especially with the because I have a first generation model, and even though you have to like be in the the in the sweet spot, what's, yeah, it's not hard to get into the sweet spot at all. And luckily, with the newer models like the new Nintendo 3DS, or if you yeah. just want to get the 3D all together, we get a 2DS. The games still look gorgeous. Yeah. They're like uh, absolutely stunning. The wildest Dragon Ball Z game I've ever played is on the 3DS, which is Dragon Ball Z Fusions, where uh, you can fuse with up to six other characters. Gross. You can have a six-person fusion into one being. It's like a gross Voltron. It's it's a crazy game. Is it a good game? I, yes. No, I actually owe the 3DS a lot because for a while, so much. I was I was in a not like not like that, Brandon. But when the 3DS was out and like the PS4 was coming out and I was just in a rut in my life and video games didn't spark my, the interest that they do in me now. And then one day my mom, cause I had a 3DS and I was just bored. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah, I did. They evolved the Pokemon games. Very, uh, they, X and Y still freaking good. Sun to moon still freaking good. But then I was at a Best Buy and my mom bought me a Legend of Zelda Link Between Worlds. And then that game just, put me right back into the thick of things i was like i care about games now i want to play more games so thanks to link between worlds which is, which is like my favorite zelda game as much I, thought as I, sparks, I thought sparks was just like i'm done no he yeah he hates link so much he hates him oh yeah <laughs> all right but yeah, so i mean funny enough the article i wrote is also about the 3ds and it's a salute to the nintendo 3ds link in the description below thank you for your service mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, I thought you were talking to me for a second. I was like, "What? Did I, what did I do?" Like, you put All the right. link to the article in description. So, thank you for that. PlayStation had a thing this week. They sure did yeah. have a thing. Um, where they revealed the price point for the new PlayStation Five systems. The PlayStation Five with the disc will be four hundred and ninety-nine dollars. Sorry, and the PlayStation Five Digital Edition, no disc will be $399, and the both of them will be released on November 12th. Hell yeah. Um, awesome. That is awesome, yeah. Um, yeah. It, it is It is doing, uh, it is not doing what the Xbox is doing. The Xbox is going, hey, here's the here's the expensive one, and then here's the cheap one. Where this one is like, hey, here's the two, ex- here, they're both expensive, uh, but we can make, your, make it a cheaper one. Um, mm-hmm. Now, you guys are, are more physical people than I, um, I still don't know if 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 I'm willing to give up the discs yet because I still I still every once in a while buy a game disc like most of the games I currently play they're all digital. Um, yeah. But plus, but, you, uh, by not having the option, you cut yourself off from the secondhand market. Exactly that too. Um, that being said, like there are always a lot of sales. Um, like I, I've never I've never felt like I've been uh, uh, out of games to play. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, sure. I still think, yeah, I think it's a good price. Like, I, it's exactly what I expected. I didn't know about the uh, the the discless. I didn't know they were both going to be discless. The Xbox and PS4. I didn't know there was going to be or PS5. Um, yeah. So it's cool that they're both trying that model. Um, I think I, I think always, I have always been more of a PlayStation person, so I was going to get this console, but it, it I think it's a reasonable price point. 
it is considering uh yeah, the Xbox is the same price, and it's not $600. Like, a lot of people were expecting it to be $600. I was definitely yeah. afraid that, like, they were going to try and push it up beyond $500. i am like, that makes it hard. The yeah. the speculation, uh, of course, it's just all speculation, but, like, it's always, like, who's going to say, who's going to go first? Who's going to say the price first? And Microsoft did go first. Uh, mm-hmm. And people are like, so did Sony lower the price? Was it actually going to be more? And I'm like, I don't see any reason to think it wasn't going to be $500. Um, if, they're they're both sure. around the same power levels, so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if my memory serves, I think Over when 9, I got, <laughs> if my memory serves, when I got my PS4, it was 500 bucks. It was yeah, 48. Yeah. Yep, so yep, having yeah. a PS5 come out, that's to me, that's reasonable. The only bummer, but I can accept it, is that the um, games are now going to be $70 instead of 60 but we've been doing that. They've been going up in price ever since, well, for all time. So there's there was a great tweet that showed a a like digital magazine for game prices from like the nineties and games were ranging between 40 and $70. Oh yeah. Games, yeah. Have always, games have always been expensive. The fact that they're not more expensive is crazy because like the amount of money and time and work, it's not like making an indie movie. Like no Assassin's time. Creed takes like a thousand people to make like they're, yeah. they're you no, just can't, you just can't get it mass audiences to pay that much oh of course every single time of course but, but i know what you mean yeah. like the big luckily the big games yeah luckily the big games like you know like halo madden like people will will spend 70 dollars. and luckily like as long as games give me the time investment worth it i'll pay that 70 dollars. i don't yeah. mind and to me like that's I'm, that's the inherent value personally in like having the disc option is the secondhand market because i always know like regardless of what the sales decide to do if i don't need a game when it launches and I can wait eight months, and I'll I'll find that game for cheaper. It'll be on a sale. Yeah, it, even yeah. if it's not though, like because yeah, sometimes yeah. they aren't. Sometimes yeah. they're they're still coasting up, or yeah. or they bounce either, back up. Yeah, sparks. And, like, they'll be, but you can get it like half the price. Yeah, either they'll go on sale at secondhand markets, or they'll even raise up in price. Do you know how much this thing was? Nine ninety nine. No, this thing goes for over fifty dollars on the secondhand market now, loose yeah. without the box or the manual. And this is Metroid Zero Mission that came out in two thousand and four. Damn, that so Metroid. Sometimes, sometimes you might get lucky in your in your games that becomes a classic and and it go just goes up in price the longer you have it, or you can get for for cheaper down the line. Either either way, the secondhand market is a is a pretty good place for games. Should we talk about some games? Yes. Games. Let's talk about them games. Because they talked about some games at this thing. Uh, for example, Final Fantasy. One, two, three, 16. Sorry. So I like, I know Final Fantasy 15 came out like four or five, like four years ago, but I did not, I did not expect um, like this much to be shown. Like, this looks like, yo, this game's like gonna come out like next year, actually, actually come out next year. Yeah. They showed a lot lot more than I thought they would. So I don't know why a lot of uh, people I follow on Twitter and YouTube are kind of mint on Final Fantasy 16. I am mint freaking hyped for 16. This Same. shows me that as much um, as time and energy Square is putting into Final Fantasy 7 remake, which yes, put the time and energy and make that make that shit good because 7's the popular kid. We all know that. But the <laughs> fact that we're moving forward with the mainline titles and we're getting 16, hopefully soon. Hopefully we won't have a 15 curse again. I am so so hyped this game looks so damn good i i I can't see us having the 15 curse which i know what you mean when it was originally announced as uh 13 versus 13 versus versus, yeah Yeah, Um, and then had a 10 year long development cycle right but when they announced that one that was a cinematic trailer with no gameplay and this was not that no this had gameplay 
yeah so uh i i don't suspect that this will yeah. suffer from that same curse if i had to guess they're probably aiming at maybe a 2022 i'm guessing 2022 when this game officially comes out did it not have a release date i thought it did no it had no release it just said ps5 exclusive and also mm. for PC. okay i, I always think early 2022 because this game looks yeah. like it, they're working on it man yeah, i'd say i'd was... say they might be able to pull off december 2021 yeah they it might could. be able to pull off a holiday like in a year yeah, yeah. It did say in the beginning of the trailer that this was um, emulated on a PC, but it will. This is what the game looks. Still in development. There's still a whole bunch of stuff we don't know. Um, just by yeah, watching, it, fun, like they're probably still working on it, so they have yeah. to like. like yeah. I don't Running on a PC is like what game developers do 99 percent of the time. Yeah, which I'm totally, I'm totally. But going to what this game is, because some people are like, oh, but we had the whole modern thing with 15. Put it back in the fantasy. It's in the damn name. Put it back with kings and queens. Pledge your sword to me. Yeah. The, the way that the summons look because we see Shiva and Ifrit, oh god, they're I don't you get you get to fight like you fought summons in seven remake, but oh okay, ooh. wait, Ben. Are you guys seeing this? Yes, our, yes our, I, I, we've seen it. We've seen it, but like it's not messing with the audio, so <laughs> guys. Jesus. Our our good. video is messing up. I'm gonna unplug it. I thought I was going crazy. No, you, you weren't going crazy because I noticed it a few seconds here and there. Oh, oh, that's a, oh, that, that is a cute picture of Ryan, I have to say. Yeah. But uh yeah, I'm I'm stoked. I'm excited. I love the artwork. I love the logo. I am ready for Final Fantasy 16. I'm probably gonna play 15 again just to get ready for it, even though it has nothing to do with 16. I'm ready. Give me, please. So real last thing. Um, the people making it's very interesting. It's the guy who helped um bring Final Fantasy 14 back from the grave. He made that yeah. game good again, that MMO. Like he's like the narrative guy. Uh, and it's also the combat director from the last Devil May Cry game. So this game is going to be narratively dope and also like play better than any other game. Uh, because those games are sick. They are oh, metal. Yeah. Um, um I'm stoked for it. I am so, I'm so happy. I I'll play so happy. 15 and then I'll get excited. <laughs> All right. And uh then we saw Spider-Man Miles Morales uh had a seven minute gameplay trailer. Yeah, getting camouflage, baby. Oh, oh yeah. Great. I really like how they're doing Miles's powers. I, th- I think yes. it looks really distinctive from what I we did with Peter. All the, all the venom blasts and, uh, and camouflage and stuff. Yeah. Um, and the music, like it has like a hip hop flair to it. Um, like it seems to be like, yeah, yeah. This is this is this isn't just like a skin. Like we put and, the heart into it. And importantly, the mm-hmm. game is releasing at a, the lower price range for new release games. Now it's releasing at fifty instead yeah. of at seventy, uh, which I appreciate. Cause yeah. That's that's this generation's forty. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's releasing at fifty on both PS5 and PS4. And when I when I think about like Maneater launched at forty. Yeah. I, I had a solid experience. I, I think Miles Morales is an equivalent to that for I'm, sure. I'm glad it's fifty because uh, they could easily sell it for six or seventy because people will, will eat it up. <clears throat> yeah. Um. But doing it this like this sets your expectations. Like <clears throat> guys, this is not a full length game. This is a short game. Um. Uh. I I would still I would still probably pay seventy just to support it because it's Miles Morales. Yeah. He's but um, I was happy to see that it was also coming to the PS4 in case I cannot get a PS5 soon. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Me too. Uh, uh, fortunately, but also kind of unfortunately, a lot of games that we suspected were exclusive to PS5 are also coming to PS4, which they're yeah. kind of being cheeky about, which is kind of, kind of, I think, kind of gross. They're not exclusively saying it because they want you to get that new console, but they can't lose the demographic of like 30 million PS4, PS4s. Because from what we can tell, the first true PS5 made for PS5 exclusive is going to be Ratchet and Clank. Um, maybe, right? maybe yeah. Demon Souls. 
Is Demon yeah, Souls for Ratchet and Clank? Uh, yes, the, it's it's the uh, it's launch. Oh, okay, Demon Souls, Demon Souls, and and Spider Man <clears throat> are the two launch games. Got the it. two big launch games. Okay, so then Demon Souls. Yeah. Uh, all right, Resident Evil Eight Village. Ooh, yeah. Oh, spooky. Yes. So when we were Penny and I both both watched the whole conference together, and the second Village popped up, she was like, "Is this Resident Evil?" It was Resident Evil, and then she yeah. turns to me and like, "Are you gonna play that for Halloween?" <laughs> uh, it's well, unfortunately, it won't be out for this Halloween, but no, next but year. Uh, now, is this, this the same? This is the same main character from Four, right? Uh, Chris Redfield. No, no, no huh. that was Leon Kennedy from Four. That was yeah. Leon. Um, but Chris Redfield has been in games. Ma- many. He, he's he's in five. He's in wasn't one. That dude, wasn't that dude at the end of that end of the game of the trailer? Uh, the guy from Four. The what are you buying, dude? Am I remember the oh. same game? Oh, oh okay. the that's the stranger. He's a complete like side character from four. Like he's he's only in four as a dude you buy. He's just a merchant guy. He's not super important. But yes, but that he, is a guy. He's, yeah. he's in this, yeah. Apparently. Um, yeah, people are getting are getting serious like Resident Evil 4 vibes because like a large chunk of that is in a village and you go to a spooky castle. Um, and then that's it looks like they're doing that in here too. Yeah. Um, yeah. which is great. Uh all right. Freaking terrifying. Call, Call of Duty Black Ops. I, uh, I, I, uh, whatever. It looks, it looks like Fast and the Furious. <laughs> it's COD, whatever. Definitely like it. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, Deathloop. Um, <laughs> our camera's not gonna get fixed. I think it's, I think it's Emma chewed it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think so. Um, Deathloop is cool. When someone described it to me as, um, because I forgot the games that the, these developers made before, um, Dishonored, they are mission based. Where like you are in a hub world, but then you go you go do your separate missions. Um, it's like it's it's basically Hitman, but it's but it's time loop Hitman, um, which just sold me on it 100. percent It's just like oh, you're just trying to re- repeat the same mission, but like sometimes you're in different spots, so that messes with with your the time puzzle that you're trying to do. And then there's the other person hunting you. And then there's a multiplayer aspect, which I'm still not sure how exactly that works. Me either. But it's it's super cool. Um, it reminds me of of the first Watch Dogs had multiplayer, where you could play as uh, not as a friend, but you come in as an enemy and you try to hunt down you as the main character. And I always thought that was just like mean, like I don't know how it was supposed to be fun because it's like people would randomly show up and kill you, and I'm like, oh, that doesn't seem fun. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm curious how that adds how that is fun gameplay wise i'm sure i get it for story but that was before dead by day you played dead by daylight yes (laughs) oh okay Um, i get it now yeah time loop murder gotcha devil may cry five um hey this is a game that already came out and it's just a special duper super duper edition coming to new consoles yep odds world soul storm this game is about being real silly in the face of slavery and capitalism. Um, <laughs> if, if this is an old school platformer, like Lauren Lanning, the creator, uh, he gave like the, the the speech about it. But um, it's cool that there's like a, another cool platformer. It has like Lemmings vibes. If you know about the game Lemmings, where a bunch of people follow you and you have to get no, them. That's, you know, I that's what I thought because I mean I I've heard of Oddworld. I know of Oddworld. I know how it's about its cult following. It's just that all the games I heard of were just like regular 3D platformers, and here's one where you, you're showing Lemmings, and it's because I heard it was funny. They had yeah. like a bit of a dark humor sort of vibe, but this one just seems like dark. No, they're all like that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, most like started as as side scrollers. There's only a couple that are 3D. Oh, 
Okay. There was actually a one like on on this on the PS4. I forgot what it was called. I think, but uh, it was like another side scroller just like this, but it, not as good looking. This one looks pretty okay. sick. Um, yeah, this is a classic franchise that I'm surprised keeps getting games, and I'm happy about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. Um, I'm so for it. All right. Um, Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach. Oh, look, another game fan wants me to play on Halloween. Uh, Do you, uh, have you ever played any of these games? Oh, they're PC games. No, they're, they're PC games. I've heard of them. I've seen many game theory episodes about them. I've seen the completionists complete them. So I actually, the, the trailer kind of got me interested in this one for Security Breach because of that line of, of like, you see, you hear that deep voice of Gregory. She's found us. Yeah. So maybe you have an animatronic that's on your side. I mean, it, this is just like a get hype cinematic trailer. I don't know what the gameplay is, but it's Five Nights at Freddy's, and that's some spooky shit. So the gameplay for Five Nights at Freddy's, it's very simplistic, but very fun. Um, mm -hmm. You're basically, you're sitting, the first one, you're sitting at a control stand, uh, and you're supposed to be on the lookout for evil, alive animatronics. Oh, mm -hmm. Luna. Doggy, please be careful of Mawada. Uh, so you're in a security stand, and... Um, you have a power meter, and once you run out of power, you can't do any of the things you can do. You close doors, you check cameras, you turn lights on and off. Uh, and the whole point is, like, make sure no monsters get in the door. So you're shutting doors, but that takes power, and you have to, like, it's a power, like, reserve type of game. Um, it's very simple, but very fun. They made, like, a billion of them. Kids love them. Um, oh, yeah. They're not, like, they're not, like, rated R, but they are they are really scary. Like, maybe they, this they are terrifying. They are really, maybe like the scariest like kid thing out there. Like truly, like it's surprising how popular that thing is, considering how horrifying it is. Yeah. Um, I, it's, I it's remember, like, like Pixar. No, I remember. I think I was. I don't know if I was working at a rest at a restaurant or at a toy store when a kid walked in, like a, a six year old kid, and he was wearing a Freddy Fazbear's t shirt that was made for his size. I'm like, how do you know what that is? It, it is, does have. Really intense crazy lore too, which is which is pretty fun. Yeah. As complicated as Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right, at the end, I've saved one for last, so I hope you don't mind. Um, but at the end of the of the whole presentation, uh, they were like God of War Ragnarok. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so this is the reveal that supposedly the next entry in the God of War franchise is coming out in 2021. That is that is one that year. is a bold claim. Yeah. So that tells me either, like a Miles Morales, that game's small, or that game is not coming out in 2021. They're just telling us that to get us hyped for the PS5. I'm sure. I'm sure that's what it is. I hope that's what it is. Because yeah. as much as I like, I like Miles Morales. Like I don't want every game to give me a small, medium chapter instead of just the next full thing. Uh, I get it. There's. I listened to a great podcast about game development and how um, people are really tired of games taking five years to have a game that people, regardless of length, people will beat a game uh, if it's five hours or 50 hours in a weekend. Like, people yeah. like people are savages, right? Uh, like, I am, I'm also one of those people. I beat The Last of Us in, like, two days. Um, so I understand not want, what, sacrificing your life for something that people are going to get over in a day. So people want to make game more games like Miles Morales, where you can knock it out in two years, and it still be an A-plus quality game, but it's a 10-hour experience instead of a 30-hour experience. And I think that is that is a good idea. Not every game needs to be long. But I also think some games, if they want to be long, they should be. And if you want to spend seven years making a game, you should be allowed to. But uh, at the end of the day, I understand it's also a business. And games can't – you can't make a movie for seven years, right? You need to have an, a, an end at some point, you know? Um, yeah. Well, they made Boyhood for ten years. 
That was a deliberate. Oh my god, if God of War was boyhood, <laughs> age up with with um uh, uh what's the kid's name? Uh, Atreus. Atreus. Yeah. Atreus. Speaking of uh, uh, y'all should get your hands on Atreus's journal. He does. He's got yeah. it behind me. It's cool. It's a cool little thing. Um, um, okay. It's just it. I can't feel like it can be a small game when your title is Ragnarok. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, no, I agree. Which makes me go, "There's no way it's coming out in 2021." That's a lot. Because Ragnarok was teased as the sequel, as the next thing that happens yeah. to. Uh, yeah. So, so 2021 to me also feels like a lot because yes. you couldn't even show me a 40 second cinematic teaser. Yeah, that game's not coming out next uh, year because I'm looking at the clock and it's September, and uh, next year is four months away. And if you're telling me God of War is coming out next year, uh. Boy, you guys must be real fast workers. Not to, not to mention that they inevitably weren't allowed to work on it for at least a couple of months when the pandemic happened. Exactly. That's why, yeah, yeah I just, th- like, things like Naughty Dog and Rockstar, um, and now uh, 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 Sony Santa Monica, they make, like, they make basically perfect games. Like, they are almost flawless in terms of uh, glitches and bugs. Like, they iron that shit out. That's why they're always delayed all the time. Uh, and that's not a bad thing. Delays are always good. Um I just hate when when this happens because like when I know this game's not coming out next year, like because yeah. now I'm gonna be like, ooh, when am I gonna get the actual tease? And then when am I gonna hear that about that the delay? When am I gonna get that cyberpunk delay? You know? Yeah, like we got like we, we were talking about Demon Souls for a hot second earlier. Demon Souls, we saw gameplay for that. That's coming didn't, out at launch. Didn't and, God uh, War take like two or three years from the teaser announcement? That was like they changed the bunch of the game too. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. they did. No. And even with Final Fantasy 16, there's some gameplay, there's story, there's cinematics mm. in there. We don't know when Final Fantasy 16 is coming out. So Bro, yeah. Say, hey, God of War is coming out 2021? No, it's not. If Final Fantasy 16 has five minutes of gameplay and that's coming out nebulously, and I saw no God of War footage <laughs> next year, no, nah, hot, nah, I don't believe it. The only way I could believe uh, that God of War was coming out next year is if they literally just like, did Miles Morales treatment? Yeah. It's still a long game, yeah. but they basically just layered over the system that existed already from the previous one. Yeah. Um, it, it, one caveat: uh, there was because there's a lot of this sentiment online, and like, oh, is this going to be a smaller game? And it's not that that's a bad thing. Just you know, people want a full experience. Um, one journalist uh, said who he's talked to developers after the first God of War, saying they started working on it pretty quickly after the sequel, pretty quickly after the first game. So it's not. It's not unlikely that they can have a full-fledged sequel. It just we know how game development works in in the modern day. It, yeah. it takes a long, long, long time. Yeah. If you want that yeah. quality. Um. Okay. <clears throat> this did not happen last, but I wanted to save it for last. <clears throat> Excuse me, my throat's a little dry. Hogwarts Legacy. Did we skip? Did, hearing... did we skip? Did, did we skip Demon Souls? I mean, we, we talked about so? it a little bit, but we didn't talk about it. But we didn't actually dedicate the time to it. We just referenced Demon okay, Souls. Okay, well, I would like Demon Souls. Yeah. Um, yeah. This was that. This without that was the best looking thing. This is would be the reason I want to buy a PS5. Yeah. Uh, holy shit! Like, even if you don't like, don't care about like this franchise. Like, this was stunning. This oh, was like, God. holy shit! That's that's what that game. That's what that game that came out ten years ago looked like. But like, real hot, so yeah. hot. Um, dude, I'm so stoked. Uh, I can't believe it. It looks so good. No, me too, dude. I, I, ever, I started getting into Dark Souls. I'm playing Bloodborne with my brother still, and even when with the when the announcement came that Demon Souls was coming, 
I was playing Blood Bowl with my brother, and he straight up says, like, you better be getting Demon Souls. I'm like, oh, dude, that's probably gonna be one of the first games I buy if I do get a PS5 sooner rather than later. It's launch, baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. That's all. Hmm? That's all. Yeah. Demon yeah, Souls, the way they showed it, too, was great. Mm-hmm. That yeah. it's like, like a real full, just like let it play through. And you die. And you die. And you... <laughs> you died. All right. So then last, uh, Hogwarts Legacy. We've been hearing rumblings that a Harry Potter RPG w- was in the works. Uh, and they finally told us what it is. So uh, this was leaked in October of 2018. Yes. Lots of stuff about it. And I'm just like, man, video games take a long time to make. Oh, my God. Um. What do we think about this? Well, it was a really bad week to do it. Yeah, yeah. but which made, isn't their fault. You made a press conference. Yeah, it sucks. Um, hey man, um, I this this is the this was the Harry Potter game that I that I wanted in my from my dreams. You know, I I don't care about Harry Potter as much, but like like ten years ago, Ryan, uh, I would I would have ate this shit up every time they uh, when we watch the trailer and it does the part where it says late 1800s and I'm like, yo baby, what? That just gives them the freedom <laughs> to do literally whatever they want, and that's really yep. exciting. And it's an open world RPG, and like I can't even imagine if this is multiplayer because like riding around with Pegasus, like with your friends, like in late 1800s Hogwarts, just seems really really cool. But at the same time, you know, they. Yeah. Uh, I'll be honest, this didn't really look like a game that's coming to the PS5. What do you mean? Uh, it didn't look that good. I thought that too. Oh, and then we watched it uh, on YouTube in 4K here on our 4K so, TV. And yes, it does. So did you did you just watch it like just a regular trailer or like the press conference or what? Uh, I watched it as a as like the cinematic trailer. Oh, not the cinematic trailer, but the, like the trailer. Okay, gotcha. Okay. Uh, I thought, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know how you watched it, but I we watched it. Uh, good quality. Good, good quality. I was like, all right. Those graphics I- are much better. Yeah. So also, almost immediately, games, uh, uh, they're doing a lot more. So like less impressive graphics don't bother me so much. Right. Um, so almost immediately, uh, they wanted to put out a statement that J.K. Rowling is not directly involved in the creation of the game. Gee, However, ex- extraordinary body of writing is the foundation of all projects in the Wizarding World. Uh, this is not a new story from J.K. Rowling. I don't care. It's her IP. Yeah. Um... It's, it's, yeah, it's just, it's one of those things where, like, it's, she's going to get more money from this than the people who made that game. Like, they made the game, and it's it's over with. Like, like they, yeah. they're on to the next project. I mean, unless they're still working on it. You know what I mean, though? Like, uh, that's how video game development works. It's really, um, what's the word? Um, freelance. It's very freelance. Like, you're always moving from job to job. Much right. like much like the movie industry. Um, I want to pl- I, I want to play this game and I want to support the people who put art and effort into this game. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's complicated. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, go back to our art and uh, separating art from artists discussion. I think some of it correlates to this. Yeah. Uh, also, um, I understand wanting to boycott the game because of JK Rowling. I understand that a lot of pe- trans people feel like if you buy the game, it is uh, equivalent to an attack on them. Um, I don't. I don't know that I fully agree with that perspective of it, but I understand it. Um, that being said, uh, boycotting this one game is not going to break Rowling's bank. Hmm. I understand not wanting to give her more money. I yeah. get it. She's always going to have 
millions millions she, she will never not have millions it's too late for that genie's out of the bottle harry potter's a, never gonna happen she will never lose all that money yeah. you could stop buying every single harry potter thing now she's still gonna have it yeah because of royalties for the films because royalties for the books it's it's like it's done it's done um, I, get it. I get that i get that like it's a conscientious thing i saw like a lot of i saw really good responses though of people who were talking about like look if you want to play this game nobody should take away that joy from you there are ways you can do it to feel more conscientious about it some people have suggested something we talked about which is donating to a charity for trans people in the same amount of the game you purchase that's great uh others have suggested the secondhand market wait get the game used from someone else so none of it is going directly to her source mm -hmm. because you're not paying directly into that source so there mm -hmm. are options if you want to do that, you can still play this game and not support her. Yeah. So that the, the controversy of hate the game entirely because of her, I think doesn't make sense. There, there are avenues where you don't have to support her and you can support the game. Yeah. Those exist. Yeah. Uh, so, so, you know, pick your ways. It's your choice. It's your conscience. If it's something you are so passionate about, you really have been looking forward to, or you really want to do, you know, don't let it's it's still art don't let people ruin that for you i understand the other parts of it too i get it uh, uh there are ways around this yeah and and again like i i don't want i don't want to like directly give her any more money either i don't uh but i also recognize that she'll she'll always be infinitely rich yeah doesn't matter hmm. um okay so the uh, the last thing that they really talked about that we'll talk about is that the uh, PlayStation Plus subscription service is being upgraded for the PS5 um, to the PlayStation Plus uh, collection, which will have like hundreds of games from the PS4 era. Not at launch, not hundreds. Not, launch. not at launch, but like the idea is it will have. It's it it's the closest thing they can do to to being a Game Pass competitor, but yeah. they've also released something saying that they they have no intention of becoming a subscription service. Mm -hmm. um, by that saying, like, all of Xbox's big games, Halo, Gears of War, uh, you can play those uh, on Game Pass for free. Like, they're giving you that for free because they're because that, that's the service they're trying to do. That's their model. PlayStation's mm -hmm. like, no, like, we know you'll buy our games, so just buy our games, which is fair. I mean, that's what we've done all of time, right? right. I mean, I don't have a problem with that if they don't want to do that. Uh, mm -hmm. Some people are me being mean, like, why aren't you giving us everything for free? And I'm like, bro, I, there's still a business too. Like, I get it. Yeah. Um, also, it's still a subscription. You still have to pay to be a P PlayStation Plus member. But yeah. the part is you get two free games a month. And then you get, and now with this, it's like, hey, you get all these great PS4 games, which going through the list, I was like, hey, I own that. I own that. I own that. See, here's the thing. All the ones I own. Yeah. Um, all of us are like our main system is the ps4 so we play all like the exclusives but if you're an xbox person this is a great deal you're going to get every single dope ass ps4 game uh for for this is like 15 bucks a month or whatever right it's it, yeah. it's the closest thing to game pass um oh, again just the games yeah uh yeah. and it will be the the console itself the disc one i think will be compatible with the playstation 4 Yes, so you uh, put in the discs and the PS4. What, they, what they've said is uh, their their goal is that uh, ninety nine percent of PS4 games 
on disc will run on the PS5 if you put them in on launch. There may be troubleshooting issues still that they want to work out, but their goal is for as many games as possible yeah. Yeah. for you to be able to do that. Yeah, that's cool. Because I, I remember them saying that they were going to put all 100 uh, best PS4 games are going to be available ready at launch, and then more will be added or patched in later on or something. Well, but... okay. So, so like all all 100 available, uh, but s- supposedly day one you get a PS5, you bring it in. Most PS4 games that you have on disc, you can put in, you can play. Okay, Suppose- that's good. I assume all the big ones, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's that's what they're saying. Yeah. Um, it's only going to be like a very tiny sliver of things that they know 100 that's never going to play on the PS5, and it's like really really small uh, studio, and it's a lot of right stuff. That is why mm-hmm. uh, it won't happen. Um, I just thought of something related to the Harry Potter thing. I'm going to say. Um, I don't even know if I 100% agree with the statement, but I thought of it. Uh, in a way, I can see a value in supporting the Harry Potter game because it is the first big project that she's not involved in, which encourages for future Harry Pro- Potter-related projects, if you're a person who wants more Harry Potter-related projects, that don't have her attached. And if it's successful without her, it encourages them to pursue things that they don't need her for anymore. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. That's another take on it. But sure. I, I, again, like, I don't even know if I 100% agree with that. But if you really don't want to support her, don't buy that new terrible sounding book. Well, I mean, oh, yeah. yeah, the Robert Galbraith novel. The the one where uh, she makes a man dress as a woman to kill people to prove yeah, that that's trans- the next uh, dangerous. Yeah, uh-huh. that's her next uh, Robert Galbraith Corbrand yep. strike novel. Yeah. 900 pages. It is long. All right. Trailers. More trailers. Movie trailers. Uh, so a new trailer for the next five episodes of Primal was released this week. Uh, now, none of you guys have caught up on Primal, I'm, if I'm, I'm assuming, correct? Dinosaurs. Nope. Um, well, as we know, this is Gendy Tartakovsky's new series. Uh, currently on HBO Max, but I think this looks really cool. I'm super stoked for it. Yeah, dude. Um, was, it five episodes, was it five uh, uh, episodes previous to this mm-hmm. one? Okay, so yeah. 10 in total. Uh, yeah, zombie Brachiosaurus seems cool. Um, yeah, we have a necromancer up in here yeah. bringing dinosaurs back to life. Or are these at least uh, 22 minutes long, or are they like 10 minutes? Like, They're 22 total? minutes long. Okay. Um, yeah, this is something that I'm, I would just like, I'd probably just marathon this. This is like yeah, yeah. three hours of just like, yeah, let's just, let's just get a pizza and just watch this whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Love and Monsters. Um, what's this his name? Dylan O'Brien? Yeah. Dylan O'Brien, Michael, Michael Rourke. Yeah. Uh, look- the girl from Iron Fist. Jessica. No. Jessica. It's not Jessica? I don't think so. Oh. Uh, what do we Jessica. think about this guy? This is a post-apocalyptic monster movie. So I, I I was ready for it to say, like, from the acclaimed young adult novel or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. What's up? I was going to say Jessica W., um i got like young adult vibes but like not not in a bad way but like in a charming like oh this is cute like this boy likes this girl and he's gonna go across country like really nice last of us like so many of us it's the so many of us movie uh, <laughs> i think it looks cute and charming like yeah. i'm into it the more i saw that the more i liked it yeah it, it yes. looks and i like michael Rooker. and i like the cast yeah, yeah. the whole cast yeah. i like the i like jessica i like dylan yeah they're all great like the rook I like how parts of the monsters are still like they, we don't see all the monster, but I really like that scene with like the worm coming in. He throws the grenade, it blows up. He's back in the water. I was like, "Oh, that was awesome!" I was like, Big "Yeah." Like the whole trailer I was watching, I was like, you know, this actually does look really cute. And I looks do more how, looks more warm bodies, less Hunger Games. 
Yeah, yeah, that's. Yeah, that's but I didn't see Warm Bodies, so I don't know. But I heard it wasn't that great. So it I wasn't okay. That great. Uh, I really like Warm Bodies. That's fine. You can like it. It wasn't that great. <laughs> I like truth. Truth, say up. Brandon. You're allowed to like it. You also would say Amazing Spider-Man Two wasn't that great. I liked Amazing Spider-Man Two. Mm-hmm. You're allowed to like Warm Bodies. I don't think it was that great. Warm Bodies, Amazing Spider-Man 2. I don't know. It's a tough choice. Pretty much equal. Pretty much equal. <laughs> Jesus. Synchronic. This looks cool. Time yeah. stuff. Weird. In time. I love it. This looks weird. This looks creepy. I kind of want to see it like really bad. Anthony Mackie's new Netflix show. Amazon Prime show. Sorry. Yeah. No. It, I oh, he's got, very got a show and everything. I thought this was this is a movie. No, show. Because Sword said coming to theaters at the end of the trailer. Yeah, it did. It's a movie. Oops. It's a movie, apparently. Oh, I'm not going to get like 10 episodes of Anthony Mackie. I'm only going to get two hours. Oh, don't listen to me. He, he has other things he's got to do. Captain. Sorry, Captain. What does he got to do? Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter 2 isn't happening. Abraham, uh, uh, Captain Falcon, Winter Soldier, Abraham Lincoln Captain crossover. America. Yeah. Um, yeah, this looks cool. Like, uh, it's, it's, like a, it's like a twisty, mind bendy uh, time. Uh, they take drugs that are time based, and I'm like, okay, cool. I'm about it. I'm about time, it. Time. This drugs. movie was filmed a while ago. It was originally supposed to come out last year. Dang. Oh, dang, dang. Oh, uh, uh sorry. Oh, sorry. Click on. Go up to the top. Oh of yeah. The- See, it it already premiered at uh, Toronto last year. Wow. Uh, so it's it's been in the can for Click a while. On Aaron Moorhead. Um, what did he filmography? Real quick, sorry. Uh oh, he did VHS. That's where I know him from. Okay, mm. got it. Did I? Hold on, I'm sorry. Did I tell you guys that I watched Volcano? Last? No, you didn't. I don't okay. think so. Sorry, right. real quickly, tangent back to the beginning of the episode. I watched Volcano this yeah. weekend. We were mm-hmm. watching, we were watching the Long Dumb Road with uh, Tony. Um, what's her, what's his name? You got it. Do it. Come on. Say it. Tony Revolori. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, Jason Manzukis, uh, heard it was a good drama. It's not. It's awful. We stopped at thirty minutes. Thirty minutes in, and we put on Volcano. <laughs> That's a movie's a blast. I like the movie a whole lot. Uh, mid nineties, um, mid nineties disaster films are my jam. Uh, I'm sorry. It is is the lesser of the two Volcano movies of that year. <laughs> you are wrong, sir. Dante's Peak is good though. I think Dante's Peak is better. You're right. Both are wrong. As I hide my tears. Grandma gets out and walks through acid water to get the kids to safety on a boat. Dante's Peak is better. (laughs) Linda Hamilton, Pierce Brosnan. All right. Star Wars Squadron Hunted. This is actually not a trailer. It is, in fact, a short film. uh, A short CG CG film to coincide with Star Wars Squadron out next month. Yeah. Uh, I thought this looked really cool. It does. It really does. Yeah, that, that, that Rebel just has a lot of hate for the Imperials. Imp. He didn't have to chase that dude. No, no, he didn't. I'm going to kill this guy. <laughs> Which I appreciate. I, I want to be honest. Like, I appreciate because it shows that not all the Rebels are just inherently good guys. Not yeah, like Cara Dune. Inherently bad guys. Uh-huh. I agree. I wish Disney weren't cowards and just would let the bad guys just be bad and, like, don't turn them good. All of them. Why did you always do this? Stop it. Well, that was always... George Lucas did that first. No, I know, but he's not part of the company anymore. He got a billion dollars. Four. Oh, George, pass it on. <laughs> pass it on. 
okay, guys, don't worry. Disney is talking to him. They're going to get him to come back. He's going to redo the sequels. Yeah, that's that's what I heard. That's what I, I heard. love those theories. <laughs> those beliefs. The, did you hear about the George Lucas cut of Rise of Skywalker? Hashtag release the George Lucas cut. Jesus. End it all. <laughs> right. Go back to hunting. Do you know the Godfather the- Part 3 is getting a re-edit? We talked about it, didn't we? Did we? Yeah, I think we did. Yeah, yeah that's so dumb. Yeah, I, I love it. I like we did. I feel like we did. But anyways, Rocky Four <laughs> and and Godfather Three. How dare you? So I will say, uh, at least on Godfather Three, um, that's famously like not the best movie. So like, if hindsight can turn that into a better movie to close out one of the greatest film trilogies of all time to make it that, because those first two movies are are awesome, and right. then three is like, oh, it's there, it's sure there. Oh man, that sucks. <laughs> but Rocky Four, he's getting rid of the robot. Yeah, sorry, Stallone, you made a mistake. <laughs> He's like, I don't like the robot anymore. I'm like, fly, no. So back to Hunted. It yeah. looks really good. It looked, I really enjoyed this a short film, particularly because we followed an Imperial pilot instead of a New Republic pilot. And yeah, like uh, you guys said, the fact that that uh, uh, pilot really wants to kill this Imperial really bad for no good reason. It's like, huh, okay, I can dig it. Because yeah. he keeps saying, because he said over the radio, the war is over, Imp. And then he's like, nah, not for me. Um, I, go ahead. I doubt they'll oh, explore that. any of that kind of character stuff in the game. Yeah. But it is cool. Yeah. Probably I, not. But if they do, good on them. Would be cool. Um, in the same week, we finally got the Mandalorian season two trailer. Oh, Mando. Were they, were they, did you see they, they killed a card Dune? Just, Back. Yeah, she's off the show. It's crazy. No, I'm pretty sure I saw her just like chilling and smiling and all. Um, go back to our uh, fake nerds watch where we were like, man, I really want more Cara Dune on this show. <laughs> we didn't know. Nobody could have known. Twitter reveals all. <laughs> um, Sasha Banks, Jedi lady. Yeah, who knows? I who think knows? that's the implication, Jedi lady. Yeah. Uh, my favorite thing is that we're going to spend some time on a boat. Hell yeah, I'm on a boat. I want a boat adventure in Star Wars. We need a boat episode every season because we got a, a short canoe ride before so, IG exploded. It looks like we're going back to Tatooine, but it looks like we are on a Star, a Star Destroyer in this episode, in the season. Doesn't, that doesn't necessarily mean we're going back to Tatooine just because we saw a Tusken Raider. We don't know that they only live on that planet. I guess that's true. I guess that's true. It's true. Mm-hmm. Um, all of it. Uh, just like we don't know that they're going back to Hoth because that other planet was snowy. Yeah. Um, I really like the sequence when uh, Baby Yoda is there in the bar and he's, he does the thing and, she's, and he's like, whoop. Yeah, he pushes the button to close his canopy. Yeah. I don't want to be uh, I'm a baby. I think it looks really good. I'm really excited. Yeah. Looks um, like more of that. Excited. Yeah, I, I'm, it, it gave me things to get me hyped and it's coming in October. I'm looking forward to it. I like the Cyclops Eye Alien who looks really good in his makeup. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Me too. That's it. It's all the trailers. All right. Good show, guys. All right. Time for our. Oh, I could have done it. <laughs> that's right. that's, right. that's our... I know. <laughs> I rap over our new one now. Yeah, I yeah. know. Uh, all right. We are going to be talking about uh, the first. Let's call it the first wave of X-Men. The pre-Ten of Swords wave of X-Men. Dawn of uh, X. This whole happened. section is Dawn of X. Dawn of X. We're going to be talking about those. Give you guys kind of a primer. Getting excited for Ten of Swords. Yeah. So, um, 
we're going to talk about uh, the whole line over the next two weeks. We broke it up. Uh, I like the title, uh, Not not Swords. And then next not, week, Not So Swords. swords. Not, not So, so Swords. swords. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, not every book touches uh, on the X of Swords stuff as much. Uh, uh, even next week's books don't touch, touch on it as much, but we did need to break them up. So we'll be talking about half the line this week. Um, we're going to just go over a general uh, plot synopsis and what's going on with all the characters. So you can jump into X of Swords if you want to. And I highly recommend it. Because you guys like, it's gonna be dope. It's you're gonna want to read this book. Yeah, we'll just highlight some things. We're basically gonna sum up everything yeah. that's happened in each title so far. Yeah. Um. And we're gonna go over every title because every title is involved in the crossover. Like you're gonna have to buy every single book, uh, one or two issues of every book. Um. Which is the classic X Men crossover style. So we're gonna be talking about this week: Marauders, Hellions, X Factor, New Mutants, and Giant Size X Men. All five of those one shots. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, so let's get right into it. Which Where do you want to start? Gosh. Where do you think we should start? At the oh, top man. of the list, Marauders. Yeah, why don't we start with Marauders? All right. Hey, guys, Marauders is a good book. Did you know that? Marauders was the one that got me hooked from the from the get-go. I've never read oh. any. So we X-Men. are. I'm sorry. Sorry. Um, Maybe just like, if you're not reading X-Men, quick primer. Um, The X-Men now live on the mutant uh, island of Krakoa, and they're a one nation. Yeah, uh, every, everything we're talking about assumes you've read Hawk's Pops. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't yeah. read Hawk's Pops, you, you have to read this book. You, you have to read it. You have to you, read this you, book. You're not going to follow anything we're saying. And you're I did take notes for for uh, stuff relating to um, uh, the X of Swords stuff in Hawk's Pops, but that will go on next week's episode because that's more X of Swords centric. Sure. So, Yeah. Uh, uh, hey all right, so let's go with Marauders. This is my favorite of the line. I man, honestly, from week to week, it jumps because I like so many. But I, I, I think overall, Marauders is probably my favorite. It, I think it has the strong, probably the strongest characterization uh, throughout the book and and character evolution. Uh, mm. uh, Kitty Pride, a oh, I wrote it down. Hold on, Kitty Kate Pride. Pride. I know, I know, Kitty Pride, uh, uh, also known as Shadow Cat, also known as Ariel, Sprite, Star Lord, now the Red Queen, Captain Kate Pride. Uh, talk about a character with evolution. She is she is uh, Marvel's Nightwing. Uh, she has gone through so many evolutions. She is often the the eyes of the universe. Um, and now she's a, a junk captain because ho- the the door is locked. Krakoa won't let her in, and nobody knows why. And that's a big old bummer. Sebastian Shaw thinks it has something to do with her powers. Yes, um, uh, which also led him to believe like maybe you won't come back if you die. Stab. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, uh, Sebastian Shaw, who you guys might know as uh, Kevin Bacon, uh, who's a nice uh, Philadelphia man who likes to dress like a Victorian asshole. Um, he does. He doesn't like Kate Pride because she's dope and she interferes and she's she just does the right thing. Uh, and he's a jerk and he's a gross businessman. He also man. he also like very on, early on in the line he wanted I would die for Kate. Yeah. Pride. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's Katie. Yay. What's up? Yeah. Um, I think we got her in X-Men too, right? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we got her in X-Men. <laughs> all her fault. Yeah. Um, yeah, we would all die for Kate Pride. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Shaw early on makes it clear that he wants to have the Red... Uh, he thinks Red King yeah. uh, serve under him. He wants he wants the majority control of the Hellfire. Uh, um, he wants it to be his, his recently resurrected son. Right, but I mean, even before we find yeah. out that it's his son, he's making clear to Emma that like he wants to select the Red King, and she's like, "Nah, I already picked it. It's a queen, baby." Yeah. Um. Yeah. When we reference Red Queen and uh, and King and stuff, uh, the Quiet Council, like the government of Krakoa, they all have dope ass names. Uh, and they're all they're all elected officials, and like they all pick their subordinates and all that stuff. Um. And Emma Frost, uh, Emma Frost really likes 
Kate Pride because Emma met Kate when she was a child and Emma was a supervillain. Uh, I know everyone remembers here, but like if you didn't know, Emma Frost was a supervillain for a decade and then she met Scott Summers and then they had uh, an affair and that was all. <laughs> um, but I, uh, uh, I don't know where I go from there. Um, oh, Shinobi. Shinobi. Yeah, guys, do you know how Shinobi died? Uh, no. They shot an image of it uh, with, it looks like Kate's hand in his skull. Yes. So it's undetermined how that happened. Uh, but all signs lead to Shaw doing it because this wouldn't be the first time that he killed his son <laughs> because he killed him before that time that he had. And his son wants his to kill him too. And his son wants to kill him too. They have a, they have a contentious really relationship. Contentious relationship. Yeah. But he does want to bring his son in on the, in on the business uh, what you will. Um, He's a billionaire, and he just he just wants more power, more money. So he'll kill anyone should, he gets. So the Hellfire Trading Company on Krakoa uh, transports the medicine. Yes, they transport medicine. Uh, they also, and another thing, one of the reasons why I love this this series so much is that they also go and rescue mutants from nations. Well, that's that's not officially the Hellfire Company doing it. That's, that's the Marauders. That's just the Marauders. Exactly. Yeah. That's almost, it's not like a secret, but it's just like, mm -hmm. hey, man, the Marauders doing its own thing. Like they're I, they're their own faction within. The hellfire yeah, yeah like they go and grab the mutants the mutants who are being held hostage in their own countries essentially who want to go to Krakoa but can't right the mutant so. refugees because all mutants are welcome on Krakoa mm -hmm. yeah yeah um Bishop uh Lucas Bishop who's a super cool guy from the future alternate future um he's investigating uh this place that has has some very serious anti-mutant uh, like propaganda going on he was investigating uh a person named Mrs. Zhao yeah who who was claiming that her husband had been abducted by mutants. Yeah. Right. Um, really what had happened is that she'd locked up her husband and hidden him away in her home yeah. under armed guard because he loved mutants and she wanted to create uh, a reason to stir up the hate for mutants. Yeah, he, uh, he joined and, like a cult, like a mutant-loving cult. And so Kate, she did the opposite, basically. Yes, and Kate and Bishop pull him out and very publicly reveal him and where he was and uh, disgrace Zhao. So Zhao goes to the Hellfire Club, the old Hellfire Yo, Club. Yo, from Wolverine and the X-Men. Yeah. Uh, uh, the classic, classic uh, Jason Aaron villains that he created. Um, you got Kate Kilgore and like like Frankenstein Jr. Uh, and that little jerk blonde girl. Um, it's so cool seeing them return because they're just the worst. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, was the, so uh, in this, and this one also has, I think my favorite way they did the, so in all the X-Men books, there are inserts of like text pages or graphs or things like that. Just to enhance the story. Um, Marauders has some of my favorite early on when it's just mm -hmm. emails from the, de the desk of X. Yeah. Of this person of this person. Like, I mean, I've been told to spy on the X-Men, but I really don't know what I'm doing here. And I just don't think I really want to spy on the X-Men. Like just months of the, just this person, like, like, Hey, the X-Men did this. I agree with them. Sorry, if it's my personal opinion. The, the, the... We don't get a reveal of who that person is until issue eleven. Right. Yeah. That's that is such a long reveal. Um, and I'm like, oh my god, I've been reading her. I've been reading her novels for for not her page of dialogue yeah, yeah. for months. It was I'm so like, good. Every comic, do, every X book does this. Um, man, there's so much stuff. There's there's um, there's Yellow Jacket who's sneaking inside of Pyro's body. Yeah, yes. he gets. He gets inserted into into Pyro's body thanks to help from Donald Pierce. Yeah, who is um, one of the absolute worst people. Like he turns into a cyborg, and he had a whole. He's killed almost as many mutants as anyone. Like he's the worst. Uh, he's now and, the ambassador, and uh, they yeah. catch on to Yellow Jacket being there. Oh man, it's so gross. telepathically. So they set up <laughs> an illusion where he thinks that he's in Pyro, 
and Pyro is going off on a crazy fun adventure ride with Gene, uh-huh. and he's just enjoying it. And then he sees a glitch, and he's like, oh, shit, I'm burned. And so he enlarges out of Pyro, which I thought was nuts when yeah. I saw it. And I'm like, I mean, I, I guess, because everyone could be resurrected, so go hard. Yeah. Uh, and then it turns out that that was still the illusion being <laughs> Who's that he believes he escapes in the international waters and he it was like not. an illusion to top an illusion because even when I, I remember reading that issue and when he's like shit i'm burning he bursts out of pyro i'm like no not pyro and then it's like what yeah um that's that's one thing again about the x line is like almost every book lots of people die yeah because it's not it's not a big story thing anymore like if for this like if someone needs to die like to show something bad happening like it's not a problem uh, right. It's more just like a, a bad fight than anything, uh, which it, which it feels more like the, the the way it is in comics in general, which is like you're you're not convinced that that person's dead, but it feels more engaging in a way because it's not mm-hmm. the well, ever, no one really dies in yeah. comics. It's like well, no one really dies in the in X Men stuff, but it's yeah. always complicated to like work around to their return. And there are always multiple references of like uh, no matter how to- how many times you die, it still hurts to see it happen. It's traumatic, like yeah. it's still traumatic to watch somebody get hurt. Yeah, right? the, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. uh, when we get to giant size, we'll talk about how Storm talks about it. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. But uh, in in oh darn it, I lost it. You lost the thought. I did. That's oh, okay. Um, in, you got, in, no, you go. You go. In Marauders, um, you know, uh, Kitty is killed. Uh, Kate is killed, and yeah, we think is so is Lock Lockjaw. Yeah, he Lock- gets netted. It, yeah. it, that lockjaw issue is so good. Lock, Lockheed. Lockheed. Oh yeah, Lockheed. I was going with. Uh, it, yeah. Importantly, Kate's death is the only one where you're kind of on pins and needles about it because they're not sure they can resurrect her. Yeah, yeah, and they don't uh, know why. They've tried. They've tried so much, but they don't know why it's not yeah, working. Yeah, they tried eighteen times until. And Shaw was fairly confident they couldn't. Yeah, too. That's I don't part think of it. He would have murdered her unless. So, so yeah. when you're reading it the first time, her death feels much more than the others that you've seen up to that point it's like oh kate uh and shit so um emma frost has a brother christian who's dating Iceman bobby drake uh he has his own cool ship which we learn later is a ufo um and that's they say multiple times in an issue it's a story for another time so get ready for like a one shot or like annual or something about that um but just seeing like a UFO capture a bunch of dudes and brain wipe them, launch them back down. I'm like, man, this is some goofy shit. I one, love it. One of my favorite things about Pyro, I remembered my thought earlier. One of His my favorite tattoo. things about Pyro is that he's like, we're a resurrected body. Just, I'm going to get a face tattoo. Get some, yeah. get some. <laughs> and he gets a skull tattooed on uh, his face. Yeah, Pyro's funny. Um, So he's not part of the team, but he he wakes up, or he falls asleep drunk on their yacht. So then he becomes part of the team by waking up on it. And he gets basically mm-hmm. enlisted um yeah that dude dies a lot it's really well funny. he has that moment where he goes with emma to threaten the hellfire club after the yellow jacket incident and he says that uh you humiliate me in front of my friends i don't have a lot of friends oh, that's true. Uh, yeah, so yeah. pyro's really connected with the marauder crew oh there's yeah. some old school old school x-men villains the hate monger and executioner yeah. uh those are just mm. like straight just racist white dudes um they're awful um yeah this marauder's Wait, was a name like hate monger how could they yeah he's a he's a bundle of joy uh yeah this is um kid like the most not like i don't think the most fun book the consistently the the most enjoyable book uh so hold on i gotta find my not much x x of swords crossover in this one when callisto uh, shows up callisto's so cool and jumbo carnation he's a mutant his mutant ability is being a dope fashion designer yes he just that's has, exactly he has what perfect I wanted to highlight. fashion sense uh so his mm-hmm. his whole interaction with her is fantastic um 
he has this whole thing where he's made this beautiful coat and she cuts off the sleeves and and he just goes oh my god i won't deserve credit for this and he's so great and uh they have this great exchange about just like her really appreciating is it's so good i love that guy so much jumbo uh jumbo carnation uh grant morrison creation i believe yeah yeah um it rhymes yeah, uh, Callisto uh, is cool because she lost her eye uh, having a knife fight with Storm. So that's why there's a scene where Callisto throws a knife fight when she first sees Storm and Storm catches it. And Pyro says, oh, holy shit, you guys just throw knives at each other? No wonder the Brotherhood of Mutants lost. Because <laughs> that's just, just like, yo, what's up? Um, Storm's really cool. Um, she gets her own giant size. She's so cool. Yeah, um, yeah man. No, I want to say a huge takeaway for, for the from the Marauders is definitely Storm and Emma Frost. Oh yeah. Like one of the reasons why I keep by I'm glad this book is on my poll is for the as much as I love Kate Pride when she when she's captain, there's a whole long stretch of issues where she was still dead. Five issues where she yeah, she's five dead. issues yeah. where she was dead. And then Emma Frost and Bishop and Storm picked up the slack, and I loved reading their stories continuing on, trying to like Kate's gonna come and them still hang on to the hope that Kate's coming back. I really enjoyed the enjoyed that it was Lockheed who told Emma who killed uh Kate. Show yeah. yes, yeah. I thought uh, I liked that moment a lot. Yeah, I yeah. Like that uh, the moment between Emma and Storm when when they first talk about uh Kate dying is so powerful and so strong. Um and like Emma being vulnerable, uh, there's a whole there's a whole section where Storm comes at her because she's so pissed. Yeah, and then it ends with them hugging over. Exactly, her. that's yeah. what I mean. Yeah, um, like uh, Kate's a really important character uh, for for a lot of people because she's she's not as young as like the New Mutants, but she is definitely like the the younger generation. Like she she is like the like the first kid generation really. Um, mm-hmm. And seeing her grow up and like get get uh, two different sets of fist fist uh, sorry uh, knuckle tattoos. Knuckle marvel like just being really cool and be like yeah kate's bisexual like yeah like we're just gonna yeah, yeah. it's cool so there's it's no this, big deal there's this whole section where um we focus on kurt writing her letters as she's oh gone, it's so sweet which is really oh. really sweet um kate is eventually resurrected when uh emma realizes that they've been waiting for her to break out but she needs to be phased out yeah of her husk uh, and now they know how to. So does to that mean her. that she's been dying in their clone style? They said, like they said all of her clones have been drowning, oh. waiting to be. Able it's to the prestige, them. yeah. See, oh, yeah, that's yeah. that's fitting. Consider, sorry, she drowned in real life. Too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's good. Yeah. Um, um, so, but they they are finally able to resurrect her, and uh, very quickly, her and Emma are having discussions about how Shaw made the first move. Yeah. And in the most recent issue, there's this big celebration about Kate being alive and riding horses, reveling in it, and everything. Um, but she really doesn't want to be there. She she's focused on punishing the man that did this. Who he snarkily comes up and uh, pretends like there's no issue, wants to give her alcohol, all that stuff. So she's she's like, nah, man. Uh, and she leaves with Ileana, and she goes get some new tattoos. Uh, Ileana arrives with a marching band playing a, a Spanish song called De Con- uh, Contrabando. Uh, I'm I'm a mariachi band. A mariachi band. Sorry, what did I say? You said uh, marching band. Marching band. Mariachi band. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> De Contrabando, and that song is all about uh, uh, being lovey-dovey and making love and stuff. Uh, and that's the, sh- the ship is Ileana. And, she tackles and her to the ground. Tackles her to yeah. the ground, yeah. Also, Ra- Rachel, like, they have a sweet moment. Like, just, like, lots of real... We know from New Mutants, Ileana will make out with her quick. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Make out oh, with yeah. any lady. We know oh, yeah. on Krakoa, Kate can date both. Exactly. It's all, hey, man, everything's open. Yeah. Um, How many wives does Scott have? Four? Including Wolverine? Four, yeah. yeah. 
the scene I really wanted to talk about was the scene where she shows up in, in, with Ileana in a different scene because she's like, hey, I need to like, I need to bounce and I need food. And then yep. she's, she's like eating cheeseburgers. She has her coat back on. Then she goes to a tattoo shop and convinces the tattoo artist to stay longer. And they're like, and normally, and I love the, um, the scene with the tattoo artist because the tattoo artist is asking Kate, it's like, the tattoo is also a woman. I have to think that's another thing because she's doing her new uh, knuckle test. She's like, normally I don't ask, but this is um exception. Why this? And she's like, this is the name of the man who hurt me. And the tattoo artist goes, I understand. Like she completely gets it. Like say no more. I'm like, Ooh, that's good shit. Yeah. I, I good. will say um, the, the bummer about that is, is nothing with the story, but the cover for 12 is the reveal of the kill Shaw. Yeah. I really wish that would say for the final page of the comic. Cause like yeah. to see what the new tattoos would be and like, cause that would have been a reveal for us and the Shaw and everyone, but like, Oh, I know what tattoo she's getting. Um, I think that's it's, it's a great it's a great cover too. I just wish it would have been for yeah. like thirteen or twelve. There's I, an I, interesting visual uh, parallel happening between Callisto and Kate. Mm -hmm. uh, I wonder where that's going in the oh, comic because yeah. like on the covers, uh, when Callisto first comes in, is the issue right after Kate's died? Yeah, and uh, she's doing the same pose with her knuckles up. Yeah, um, Callisto was the leader of the Morlocks. Yeah. Um, they, I mean, they, I guess you could say they kind of have some stuff in common. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Move on to Hellions then. Oh, Hell is! Oh, oh, Suicide Squad, so good, you guys. One of the younger titles on that this was, list. That was issues one through twelve of Marauders. We're now talking about issues one through four of Hellions. Whoop whoop whoop! Um, Did I read issue this, four of Hellions? I think I forgot. That's okay. Damn, I must. That's okay. Man, don't worry. I read issues uh, one through three, and then four came out this week. Yeah, don't worry. Hey, you 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 did plenty of homework. You're fine. Um, guys, Hellions. I think this. If this book continues on its path, this will be my favorite book because this is um, really like haunting and like really gross, but also like can be really beautiful and like team building. Um, it's it's such a it's such a uh, has so many conflicting tones, and I really like it. Uh, it's really funny at times. I think Zeb Wells is just like really good writer. Sinister, uh, Sinister is a lot of fun. There's a moment in the end, in the end of the fourth issue. Um, it's most freshest in my mind. But yeah, yeah. There when he's when um, the, the nanny. The nanny, uh, she's like, "I'll like I'll kill you" or something. And yeah, she was I think I haven't even noticed about it. Um, no, it's it's that. Uh, um, I I wonder how many of your children you've let die, mm -hmm. uh, and how many are still out there. And he's like, "Why would you wonder that?" And she's like, "I want to know how many I'd orphan when I kill you." Yeah, yeah. and he, yeah, he's and just, it's just a panel. He's like, "That's I didn't like that. I don't like that. Did not enjoy that. That's <laughs> dark." Is that reference, yeah, because nanny and orphan maker, like she parents someone who kills kills people and makes orphans. Like that's that's their thing. It's messed up. He's I wrote down um where did I write down? Um oh yeah, um uh orphan maker is evil Alphonse Elric. <laughs> he's basically he's like he's a he's a kid trapped in like he's not trapped, but he's like he has like the mentality of a child, but he wants uh -huh. to murder and he needs a nanny, but she also kind of wants to murder. It's messed up, it's cool. Yeah. Um Alex Summers. Uh, Alex Summers is really interesting because he's still dealing with mental stuff from the event Axis, where heroes were switched to villains and villains were heroes. So this is stuff from like over five years ago that they're still dealing with because that character hasn't been tackled very much or well. Uh, I think since I read that. the Uncanny Avengers run that happened after Axis. Oh, I believe it. Yeah, that's uh, the uh, the Dugan or the Remender. Remender. Oh, that's some of the Apocalypse twins. Yeah. Yeah. 
Because um, I remember that because uh, one of the things I remember about Alex is that he has a son in an alternate future that Kang took from him. Ooh. And he had it with Janet Van Janet Van oh, Dyne. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's that's specific to that arc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's some cool stuff. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, you're right. You got it. Um Empath. Empath is is, is one of the worst. Mm -hmm. Uh he has he has no empathy, which is funny because oh. of his name. But, uh, he causes people to like uh, uh uh, he's basically psycho pirate from DC. He causes yeah, them yeah. to feel a certain way about somebody. Yeah. So he messes with the nanny uh, to make her attend to Grey Crow instead of Grey Crow yeah. into, instead of a uh, uh, orphan maker. And so he shoots him for it when yeah. they're on the mission. He's just like, "F that, f you." Yeah, I don't want to deal with this jerk. Um, and Psylocke's just like, "Oh, oh paperwork." <laughs> yeah. But then um, he's like, "I warned him." Yeah, Psylocke's on this team. Uh, not Betsy Braddock. Uh, uh, Quanin. Or it, do you remember how you pronounce it? It's not Quan. It's like I think it's supposed to be Kanan. The W is silent. It's like a weird. It's, it's a new understanding pronunciation thing. But um, the original Psylocke is like is here. Um, basically as the babysitter. Yep. Not the Netflix show. Um, you got Wild Child, who's basically mini Sabretooth. He's just mm -hmm. savage. Just a savage little man. Like you have to prove that you're the alpha for him to listen to you, which I actually thought was pretty neat. Because when yeah. him, because when Psylocke is like. They they're in a Sinister's abandoned uh, clone factory, and then they're like all these monsters come at them, come out of nowhere, and then Skasalox bleeding. And she's like, oh, "This can't get any." Oh, Damn it! I had to say they're not yeah, monsters. They're not monsters. Oh, they're, not monsters. they're like they're clone. They're the original like, Marauders. Um, they're the original Marauders. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so real quickly, so they're run by Madeline Pryor. Yeah, Madeline Pryor. Oh. Madeline Pryor, who is a clone of Jean Grey that Alex Summers loves. Yes. Also, who was in a relationship with Cyclops? So both brothers have been with Madeline, which is you know whatever. Fine. I so I want I want to highlight. I want to highlight. The, sorry, Ben. The end of issue four, when they're trying, when they're debating whether or not we should resurrect Madeline Pryor under the resurrection protocols, and the decision right. eventually comes to, she's a clone of Jean Grey, not no. her own. Yeah. Yeah. Which which is why I loved her being a villain, uh, because her whole thing is like. Like no one remembers me. Like I deserve to be remembered. Like I'm a real person. Like right. remember. Like if I have to do all this shit so you guys recognize that I exist, that I'm a, that I'm my own individual, I'll be I'll be the worst person imaginable. Yeah. And Havoc's so in love and on board with this that he cuts out his own mouth to talk to her and oh my kisses God. her with blood Ooh. all over so his non-existent lips. The beautiful body horror. Are like she she makes his mouth disappear and he cuts it open and he's talking like this and like the words are are, are typed with like blah blah blah. Um, it's just so gross and. In midst of all of this havoc, or excuse me, in midst of all of this stuff with havoc, um, you got the Marauder stuff going on. Then you also got Wild Child, who turns on the team because he, he's just sadistic. That's his nature, and that's the, why this book rules because it's all about what do you do with the mutants that are that are in in you can't I can't use the word um, when you can't rehab them in, rehabilitate rehabilitate thank you when you can't rehabilitate uh, rehabilitate them what <laughs> happens when people are just so bad there's nothing you can do about it um how do you bring them back into society how do you bring them back into society um it like it, it's it has suicide squad like flavors but like i think it's like it explores a much cooler aspect of it being croco and stuff um these four issues are really great i think this is i think this is the first arc is four issues mm -hmm. um i yeah, think it feels like it reached an end yeah um i think madeline Pryor is really cool yeah. i'm pretty sure we're gonna get more of her um sometimes somewhere in the x-men books because i think the the exploration of the cloning stuff <laughs> Yeah, Great uh, Crow goes on a on a mission to destroy all these like zombie marauder mm -hmm. uh, clones. Um, his old teammates, yeah. yeah, his old love. Yo, at mm -hmm. the end, after 
all the zombies are like possessed by Madeline Pryor, right? And then they then like they're reverted back, but they're still zombies. And John Greco's uh, love is like, John, it's me. Like, what are we gonna do about this? And he just shoots her because mm-hmm. she's a zombie. And like, that's what that's what he does. And I'm like, yeah, uh, he was a horrible villain you guys like Greco his name was Scalp Hunter and they changed his name for this because he he murdered Morlocks like hun- he, he's a bad man like a very bad man like this whole team is full of people who are all super villains um they're all they're all fantastic uh in the worst ways uh this is a cool book yeah all right uh x-factor final and prior debate is brutal uh Havoc went crazy on uh did John I do that when he killed Madeline yeah, yeah. um that's going to have some ramifications for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. X Factor. I really enjoyed X Factor quite a bit. And luckily there's, there's a, not a few issues out, so I can probably be able to get the back issues pretty easily. But I had fun. Of It was like a really neat detective story, especially when uh, North Star is trying to find out what happened to his sister. I really dug it. First yeah, issue um, is, re- is one of the better first issues I think that the X-Line has. Yeah, for real. Um, mm-hmm. It's very direct, very quick well paced i do think that it ben- it's benefited by already being in the world of krakoa i think if you like went in cold like you read hawks pox and then you went straight to x factor issue one i think you'd be a little yeah. down mm-hmm. but i think if you're, if you're steeped enough it, it lands really well i think uh i think that's why it is like a a second wave book because yes. like, it's per- it's a perfect it, ca- it, yeah. it has to be yeah yeah um uh Catherine Root says X Factor is my favorite right now. Yeah, for real. Like for real. depending on 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 the week, it's also my favorite. Like I think in terms of like character personality, this probably is the best one. Like I think Leia Williams gets this every character feels so distinct and so fun. Like every character is kind of funny, but you still they they still feel like who they are. Like North Star is is an asshole. He's a French asshole, and, and he reads like an asshole. Like he he's so demanding, and he just like zooms around and like uh, yeah, because he just zips in on the five, and he's like, my sister's dead. He's like, I yeah. sense it. Fix it. Fix well, it. Uh, hey man, there's like there's like a line. There's like a thousand people in front of you, and he's like, oh, and he zips away. Go get proof, and that's that's the whole impetus for forming this team to investigate missing persons and those attacked uh, and he, killed. He goes to a bar. To, to talk to the bartender he's like i need answers and then polaris is there and polaris is like polaris is like i'll help you and then dawkins drunk on the floor and he's like i'll help you and he's like we don't want your help yeah, uh, yeah. and then they're like is there anyone else and then there's eye boy putting googly eyes on his shoes and everyone's like no nah, that's it we don't need anyone else <laughs> um, and then get put onto the team um this is a really wacky team um awesome baby ah uh, amazing the baby. from uh, amazing baby. oh my god uh uh the werewolf from the excalibur from excalibur that's right yeah amazing baby you have to poop um (laughs) it feels like this is just like the most human book where it actually feels like this is what people do on a day-to-day especially like with aurora and kyle uh just like watching the stuff happening in mojoverse they're just like oh yeah they're just watching tv with their dog um it's so much fun the mojoverse stuff is such a it's such a true realization of what the mojoverse is while also expanding on it by being about streaming Right. which is very obviously 21st century and modern um the whole thing about them being like streaming kings and like they need ratings to, and you need there's like a paywall to find out what mutant was killed and like all mm-hmm. that gross stuff and now and like mutants get the best ratings so that's why they keep ki- kidnapping them and stuff um it's really gross but also like true to what that whole thing is um it's about yeah. rating uh, um, he's so horny oh my god this is the horniest x-men this is the horniest marvel book maybe ever made like for real it is blatant and i'm like i cannot believe like after that first issue and it continues in more issues but i'm like i cannot believe they allow this like it's so it's so horny yeah like the x-men after after hawksbox the x-men have become pretty 
horny in general. Yeah. But X Factor yeah. is like Dawkins like, so you want to do you want to have sex? Yeah, and it's like and like pulling down his pants, so you want to see the rest of my tattoo? I'm just like, <laughs> oh my god, Dawkins, no. Yeah. And uh, it's so they, funny that that character I don't need to wear a shirt because I am perfection. No, yes. understand me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the part that I when he's talking to uh, when he's talking to Aurora is like, what Pokemon are you? And she's like, What? Oh yeah. No, do like, you I, do you know what Pokemon are? And she laughs and he's like, Okay, you do. <laughs> I am a perfect evolution. Yeah. Um <laughs> that's a character who like a couple years ago was um like being drowned by his dad Wolverine and like uncanny X-Force. And like that's like the darkest, deepest shit you can get. And then it's just so funny to see like now he's he's at he lives at the boneyard and he's just half naked and Lorna <laughs> Lorna working with Krakoa to create the boneyard was such a sweet, cool moment. Yeah. Uh mm-hmm. where she comes to Krakoa and asks to work together on it. Yeah. X Factor was was the book that when it was first announced, I immediately was like, I'm pulling this because the the premise of just like, okay, well, who who do we decide to resurrect? I got to make sure they're dead first. Yeah, you know, just that like the detective series of being like, well, let's figure out who's alive and who's dead, and if people need help, we'll help them. I like that. I think it's a great plot. Yeah, there's like again with like uh, the clone situation or like if somebody like. Uh, the multiple man, Jamie Madrix, he he makes duplicates of himself. So mm-hmm. you have to make sure all those duplicates are dead. I guarantee you that's a story probably coming up. Like oh, sure. that dude that dude's had duplicate stories for decades. Um, um mm-hmm. so we we are discussing one through three of X Factor, and up into this latest issue, uh, we find out the tragedy of Shatterstar. Oh man, yeah. Man. Uh, classic. No, I actually did read issue four of uh, X Factor. But once issue. we got to Shatterstar, or issue three of X Factor, and then I'm glad once we got to Shatterstar, I also am glad I have this next to me, which is <laughs> a necessary tool. Yeah, so you, I could decipher Krakoan. And I have a picture, like, oh, I have I a picture on my phone that I can easily just be like, "Here we go." <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, because this is good. It's helping me because I'm pretty sure, like Brandon, I will eventually learn to sight read Krakoan. I'm getting eventually. there. Yeah, I got uh, I got the the easy letter. I say I'd say I've got like sixty percent. Um, yeah, yeah uh, I think Ryan's one hundred percent right. It's only a matter of time till there's an entire issue in Krakoan. Um, mm-hmm. So I said that in your head, yeah. I said that. No, no, no Ryan said that. Yeah, like especially when Shatterstar when they asked <laughs> no, Shatter, I'm like, sure hey, he please. probably did. <laughs> yeah, but like, the reason why I brought I brought up the, like the the um, I'm just gonna call it the Codex, the translation for. Um, Krakoan is because they asked Shatterstar, can you speak freely? And he, if I remember correctly, he says no. In no, Krakoan. Yeah, he says no. Yeah, he does. Yeah, Which is really cool. Can... Mm-hmm. Krakoan where it's like something they can't decipher in the Mojoverse directly. Uh-huh. You can get away with a one word like that. Mm-hmm. Um, um, because it's constantly followed by these streaming orbs. Yes. But oh, he, sent out, uh, he sent out communication so much communication mm-hmm. trying to get them to come because he wanted them to to know what was happening and he wanted them to get uh the other mutant that was there he's yeah he's uh he didn't want mojo to be able to examine her body yeah shatterstar is a uh sender into the clone he's the number one live streamer in in the mojo verse sure is a lot of cloning in a lot of places yeah mm-hmm. cloning, cloning in uh, sinister's cloning there's cloning on kokoa there's man cloning guys in the reading hawkspox and then reading a lot of the stuff i'm like Oh my God! Setups everywhere. It's gonna be ten years of X Men. Oh my gosh. Uh, uh, when I was I was going back through the Marauders in like issue three, 
Kate makes a comment about is this is this some new faction inside the Mojoverse? And I'm like, nah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right then, new mutants. Whoop. New when this mutants. book first started, it was split between two writers, Jonathan Hickman and Ed Brisson. Yeah, uh, we're yeah. going to go through issues 1 through 12, but I would recommend that we should focus only on Do the, Hickman uh, and the, the space adventures, and then we'll move on, because the rest of it kind of dovetail, dovetails into uh, the rest of the story. Pretty so well. yeah, the, the, they were broken up between, it was issues 1 and 2, and then it was 3, right? 1, yeah. 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. Yeah, it was, I understand why they did that. Uh, because uh, Rod Reese is an awesome artist, but he needs time, uh, and so they so they split it up. But yeah, we'll talk about the space art first. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, go ahead. No, I remember when we did like the first issue of all of X Men or like all the X line when we did the first issues. New Mutants, I was kind of eh on. I'm glad to say I retract that statement because I love the space adventure. I love uh, Roberto da Costa, and I love how he's trying to get in bed with late with Deathbird. And also, yeah. I love his recaps. His recaps were actually... I was laughing when I was reading his recaps. I thought his recaps were freaking hilarious. The recap in the last issue, where he recaps an issue that doesn't exist, and yes. then it's revealed to him that he's mixed up, and he's like, no, this is issue number six. And it's like, mm -hmm. yeah, but issue five was about a different adventure. And he's like, what? You mean there's another New Mutants comic, and I'm not in it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm also, also I think I know who my favorite New Mutant is. It's Ileana Magic. Oh, uh, oh, well, she's yeah. she is a fan favorite. She is oh, uh, just will you make out with me, Ileana? Yeah, <laughs> just ridiculous. Like she's just a ridiculous character in all the best ways. Uh, she yeah. loves coffee. She'll kill you if you touch it. Don't touch it. Uh, she'll make out with you, then kill you. Like she's just a walking wild card. No, because when I started reading, uh, really getting into X Men, I picked up Empire X Men, and she shows up and kicks some ass. I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm starting to like her, and then I'm starting to read a whole lot more New Mutants. I'm like, no, I really like Magic. I really like Ileana, and also that scene where she's like, "Will you make out with me? No. Will you make out with me? No. You? Yeah, I kind of do, but I'm working. Okay, because it was either fight or either one, and you chose poorly. Yeah. Pt Tubs, are you any human? No. Perfect. Uh. Yeah, um, so the New Mutants, um, they have a space adventure to do, and they they need a ride. All they wanted, uh, all it started with is Sunspot just wanted to see Sam. Yeah, Sam, Sam's hanging out in space in the Shi'ar Empire. Hanging out with his So lady. they get a ride on the Starjammer. I love, guys, Corsair and the Starjammers, they're so cool. I love them. Um, they have a fun time with the New Mutants. They basically, the New Mutants get kicked off their ship because... They Bobby. botched their mission about an egg, which comes up later. Yes, which comes up later. Uh, Bobby's kind of a jerk. Uh, although he he beat him fair and square in that game, so uh, but he gloats about it and stuff. Um, but well, anytime also, the yeah, show, great. also they ruin that one dude's plans. Ileana chops off the guy's arm, yes, and yes. they just mess up the ship. Oh yeah, like she he punches her in the nose, uh, and he cuts off her arm, and she's like, or he's like, you cut off my arm. Uh, yeah, but you have a robot arm. This is my real nose. I can't. I can't replace this. Uh, like, well, I mean, you're the X Men, whatever. Um, yeah. I think all that Star Jammer stuff is great. Um, they get landed in jail, and then they call get, a space lawyer. They get visited by the greatest Al Ewing creation of all time from his Rocket Raccoon miniseries, Murd Blurdock. Um, <laughs> I cannot believe that character showed up again in a comic book. It's ridiculous. Uh, I had a feeling that was the that was like the alien version of Daredevil because I saw him with the 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 glasses oh, yeah. and the cane. Oh yeah! And then even 
And then even when they're writing things, like they literally got the worst space lawyer money can buy. Uh, guys, justice is blind, and so are we. <laughs> that's his. <laughs> that's his uh, phrase. Uh, I love it. Um, when he when he finally gets uh, he gets released from jail, uh, the whole new mutants because Sam uh, uh, Cannonball comes and visits. Oh, hi, Luna. Luna's coming up now. Uh, sorry. Uh, Sam comes and visits with Super Guardian, and they break him out of jail, or they get him out of jail. Uh, and Bobby is like. Wait a minute. Why do you look? Because his wife works for the Imperial Guard. Yeah, because yeah. Super Guardian uh, works for the cops or whatever. So Bobby's mad because Sam isn't more disheveled because he's been gone. Because Bobby's ego is so high, he thinks that anytime his best friend leaves him, he's going to be a depressed, gross state. Uh, and it turns out Sam's actually happier without him almost. Um, and I think that's just really funny. The Bobby's like, wait, you look so good. What's going on? Yeah. Uh, I thought that You're was. You're supposed to be a mess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then Super Guardian punches him. Uh, honey, will you do the honors? Um, uh, Hickman, Hickman's favorite mutants, if you guys don't know, are Bobby and Sam. The very first thing he ever wrote at Marvel was like a, like a mini, like a mini uh, comic about Bobby and Sam, like like fifteen years ago. Uh, oh, yeah. uh, he wrote them so much in the Avengers run, even though they have no reason to really be Avengers. He just loves them so much. Um, he writes them so well; they're so funny. Their dynamic is so good. Uh, I think he does all the new Avengers great, but like they have a special uh, friendship that's just really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bobby's whole uh, obsession with Deathbird is very entertaining to follow. Hot bird. Lady. Um, there's a whole plot about like finding out that there's a, a plan to assassinate Deathbird and it's all a trap and they have to bust it. And that ultimately helps them get in good with the Shi'ar Empire, which allows them to plant a flower from Kakoa there. Yep. yep. Uh, and Sunspot decides to stay in space. He buys the building. He uh, buys oh, the yeah. building that, uh, uh, that Sam and his wife live in. So oh, they have a sweet house. Oh yeah. Um, Deathbird and uh bobby start making out and then she stops and punches them and then she starts making out again uh that's just fun but the, just fun but the next panel is, is though the next panel is like her interrupting and is like yeah that didn't happen he's like okay fine one kiss two punches but let me tell the story my way please yeah, right he's a good storyteller uh um, there's a whole there's a whole section where uh they have a conversation with the sentient ball of gas they captured oh yeah um, yeah oh god that <laughs> And it's all like, no, I won't talk. And it's like, okay, man. But I mean, like, I could just, you know, turn you into a liquid. And if I go even further, I could turn you into a solid. He's like, no, 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 I'll talk. I'll talk. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's wacky space. There's good, there's good humor and everything in this. Uh, some great. of my standouts uh, besides Ileana and, and Sunspot are Mondo and um, Chamber. Armor. Armor, Armor oh, comes yeah. up later. Yeah. Oh yeah. Armor to talk about, but Mondo is awesome. Yeah. Um, I love Mondo. So then the Ed Brisson stuff. Uh, yes. Uh, Armor is concerned because their friends Angel and Beak uh, have not shown up to Krakoa. And so they go they go looking for them in Nebraska. So a, uh, Beak has not showed up in the movies, but Angel, uh, a.k.a. Pixie, showed up. She's an X-Men first class. She's sure. the, Zoe Kravitz who spits acid. Yeah. Still yeah. think that looks stupid. <laughs> uh Beak is a Graham Morrison, Chris Burnham character. Yeah, he is, and he's still as ugly as ever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, yeah, so they go... Like, it's cute. They're cute. Like, they, oh, they're they're they grown in a very sweet way. Yeah, uh, real yeah, yeah. quick, like, art all across everything we're talking about, fantastic. Uh, yeah, yeah, the artist for, for the Briss and stuff is, like... Not f- not just, like, yeah. yes. The not Flaviana. just Mutants, but, like, every single title. Spe- specifically. fantastic, yeah. but yes. Um, the 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 second arc with the nightmare stuff it's it's insane insane it's, it, yeah. i can't like 
uh i was like oh man i'm again that's why i'm kind of bummed it's ending with that stuff but uh beautiful art yeah um yeah so the uh they go they go talk they go to find their friend they bring Maxine and manon who are uh ed brisson creations from a x-men event from a couple years ago he wrote um so they're uh, relatively they bring the cure for alzheimer's that krakoa has created yes yes uh because they've they've realized that Beak hasn't left because his father is sick. Yeah. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. And so they heal him with Krakoa medicine, but before they can get gone to Molo yep. of the uh, Baghen cartel, I have it. Hold oh on. yeah. The evil, the evil. Yeah. yeah the uh, they, evil. they show up uh, and they take everyone hostage because they want Krakoa medicine. Super tattooed man. Yeah. And he gives, and he gives like a speech mm-hmm. about how like. Tomolo is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Bohem cartel. Yeah. Um, like, Hey, like we, we live uh, like my country's super poor and no one helps Costa us. Perdita. Costa Perdita. Yeah. Like no one helps us. Like we, we tried our, the, the best ways we can and no one wants to help us. So, so we're going to take it's it. worse than that. What it is, is that he tells a whole story about how they were sick yeah. and an American man came up with the cure for the disease, but he wouldn't give it to them until they paid oh. a huge amount of money. Oh, and so then the, the death tolls kept rising and the price on the medicine kept rising. And he said, no one should have that kind of power. And then it's like, well, why are you taking this out on mutants? Go take it out on him. He's like, oh no, he's, he's, we already it. did. And then, and then it's like, look, yeah. if you want the medicine, just tell your president to take the deal from and recognize us as a nation then you have it that's it and yeah. he's like i don't want him to take the deal i want the profit yeah i want that profit that yeah. kind yeah. of holding the medicine profit mm-hmm. that's what he's really after pharmaceuticals are bad it's not know. about 100 about the people it's yeah. about the profit pharma's bad it's, that villain in the nebraska storyline just kept getting worse because when i first saw him i thought he was because they actually uh mentioned docs a website that is going to be brought up later Yep. And like, how'd you find us? Oh, we found this website, Docs. Keep it, and we're keeping anti-mutant on Krakoa. Yeah, yeah, which is an anti-mutant website. And then, because I thought these guys, like when these guys just showed up, and the dude was like all tatted, is like, oh, they just must be like Nebraskan rednecks who just don't like mutants. Yeah. But then as they get, it, it's like, oh, they're a cartel. And then it just gets worse. He's like, yeah, just tell the president you can get the drugs. You're fine. He's like, yeah, but I want to get rich. He's like, you're just as bad as the other motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, they're they think they're doing good, but of course they're still you know bad guys. Oh, uh, they're animals. They're they're dicks. Yeah, oh, uh, the way they go out though is messed up. You guys, uh, you guys don't know about Boom Boom before this comic book, right? No, I did not, no. and I really like Boom Boom. Boom Boom, much like Ileana, is a fan favorite because yo, dude, she just gets drunk and blows shit up. Like she's she's just I do love Boom she Boom. she she loves her friends. Like, um, so but what much. I mean is I love I love Meltdown. I love Firecracker. I love Doctor Madam Explode. I love <laughs> yes. Time Bomb and Boomer. Yeah, I, I really, I really Dr. enjoyed the the one, the Doctor Madden explosion. He's like, I never actually called myself that. <laughs> yeah. Doctor Madden explode. I thought that was the greatest thing Sage has ever said. In the, I mean, Sage has said some cool things, but the fact that she threw in Doctor Madden explode, I'm like, that's awesome. Please keep that. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom's great. Boom, boom eventually comes to Nebraska when she realizes that armor's been gone for three days. Yeah, uh, and helps them to work on an escape. Which ultimately comes down to help from uh, both the angel uh, saying that she needs her collar removed in order to feed her kids properly, and then using that to blow collars off Maxime and Manon. Yeah, who do some va- some, some bad to control the guy to believe that his friend is a bad person, so they they end up shooting each other and causing like all the kills. Maxime and Manon are still learning how best to be parts of a team. I don't and use their powers. So unfortunately, I don't they don't go into those characters. I don't know if they're just, they don't look like humans who are mutants. They look like other, right? 
Sure. So like, I don't think they're just mutants and I don't know again where their story comes from, but I wish if they aren't just mutants, they would give us some explanation. Uh, if they, I guess if there is no explanation, then they are just regular mutants. Well, but they don't they have appear. to be, So, well, we know they have to be mutants. Yeah. Because they can travel through the game. But I mean, other, I guess, well, I mean, other species can be mutants, which is a weird, completely other subsection, but sure, I don't sure. think that's where this is going. Yeah. Um, yeah. But hey, yeah, let's I guess about how Glob was, I was going to say, yeah. let's talk about how Glob was uh, teaching them how to subdue a person. And like, because we, we were friends. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I guess, that's, I guess I see, I guess I feel like, they feel a little otherworldly. I guess that's just because they're still young. I think part of it is just that they're young and they don't understand yeah, uh, right yeah. from wrong. Yeah. Uh, 100%, which comes up more than once in this story. Yes. Um, they're also informants for Shaw. True. Yes. Uh, possibly because, not possibly not because of nefarious reasons, but because they don't know better. Yeah. But they yeah. are scary powerful. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Armor yeah. and the others are trying to teach them how to do good things. And they uh, tell Beak. They, they, they so are able to make it to that. I did not think that they would do Tamalo killing his parents. Because no. we hear the gunshots, and then he's dragging his dad out, and he says, uh, the dad is saying, he killed her, he just shot her, uh, which is brutal. Yeah. And then uh, in that in that moment, uh, Angel uh, goes off on, on him, and she says, because um, I really liked it, uh, you know, we moved out here to get away from people so that we could live without folks staring and pointing at our kids everywhere we went. So we wouldn't have to expose them to people like you, but clearly we can't escape it. This world is not for us. So we're going to Krakoa. You win, but there's no way in hell I'm going to let my husband die so that you can walk away from here. Nor am I going to let you take his father from him. Um, and she makes a threat about dropping that gun, but uh, Tamalo is brutal. Yeah. It's all about the cartel. Yeah. And he flat out shoots uh, their dad right in front of them and then kills himself. It's nuts. Yeah. yeah. That's like, yo, like, I have a message and I'm going to send it Bing because bong. he <laughs> believes that the Bohem cartel will get them back for it. Yeah. Ultimately Shaw kind of kneecaps the Bohem cartel with the information from Maxine and Manon. Uh, he goes and he pays out their rival gang in Costa Perdita uh, and gives them the medicine mm, yeah, yeah. so that they can release it to the market and makes it so that the Bohem cartel is basically going to become worthless. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that was a pretty cool moment. Yeah, I was about oh, yeah. to say, though, a lot of the times when I'm reading these books, I hate Shaw with a passion, especially because, you know, he shot Kate. But the second he goes in and just does that deal, I'm like, hey, I'm the wrong mutant you should be talking to because you effed up. And I'm yeah. here to tell you that I gave the drugs to the other guys, so you're screwed. And then his last line of mutants not to be effed with, I was like, you know, that's pretty cool. Yeah, they... Um... So the, the two twin mutants make it so that Beak and Angel think that uh, it's been and their kids And the kids. And the, kids. So the whole family thinks that uh, the, the Beak's parents <clears throat> passed away years ago. Yeah. Uh, which brings up some questionable moral problems. Uh, yeah, you can't. Ar Armor and Glob go directly to them yeah. knowing that they did it. And they explain, like, you can't just mess with mutants' memories. That's not right. And Maxine and Manon feel bad about it. And they offer to change the memories back. But Armor ultimately decides that the damage is done. They just need to know not to do it in the future. You know, they gotta leave it as it is. And they do. Yeah. They do seem like they're sorry. Oh yeah. yeah, I think I do not think that they are necessarily directly nefarious. I think they're very powerful. Yeah. And they're young. They're yeah. very young, and they don't know what to do. Yeah. I yeah. wanna. I wonder if they came from like from like a villain or something from the last event. So like their morals are a little more skewed than than regular kids. Potentially. Um, yeah. Hey guys, how do you feel about Rome? Okay. Uh. Do you Nova Roma. Nova Roma, the new Roman Empire I in the middle dig of it. Okay, so I kind of dig it. And then Hell yeah, baby. I really like it. 
I think that's kind of cool. Just it's ancient Rome in the middle of the Amazon rainforest. Just you, you got like the of land, right? Dinosaurs in Antarctica. Bing bong. They're just chilling back there. I was like, you know what? I kind of dig it. I kind of like it a lot. Uh, this 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 issue or this arc is about um a nightmare girl who is literally manifesting uh dark shit around her. Yes. Uh, and there's just nothing anyone can do about it. Uh, so the X Men or the new part mutants, of the part of the new mutants team gets sucked into the nightmare, so they need to retreat and recoup and get uh new people on board, which includes uh Wildside. Wildside, who is oh. I I don't know who it is. It looks like an old wild child, uh, like a gross wild child, but I uh. It's just a fun character. He seems like a like an old like a bitter old man or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's uh, from the mutant liberation from, so I don't know if that helps drive. Yeah, they're 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 like uh, they're like the X Men, but super aggressive. Like, yo, we're we're mutants, and we'll kill you if you mess why with us. Every, why does that feel that every time some team has the words liberation and front in their name, they're really messed up and aggressive? Yeah, because it's well, not the front like liberation. Hmm? Not the front liber- liberation. Not the f- what's that front liberation. He's, no, he's making fun of the fact that the words are reversed. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> no. All right, moving All right. on. <laughs> uh, so the 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 government uh, in that area believes that the mutants, uh, the nightmare thing, is the mutants trying to do an attack, or at least that's what they want the press to believe. Yes. Um, so they really want to show that, like, look, mutants are attacking us, and this is out of our control. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's a Carnelian and uh, is where it's happening. And also what's really messed up is the prime minister, when he gets woken up about what's going on, he's like, hey, make sure the press is there. When the press does show up, he's yelling at the camera. He's like, keep feeling this is the mutant's fault. It's like, ooh, buddy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Armor sees her dead parents. Yeah, Uh, she uses her powers to get the team inside because they have to get to the girl to make her think something positive. So think about good dreams. Armor's cool. They get affected by nightmares Uh, in there. Her her name is very little. Like her powers, she manifests like this dope ass like anime almost looking armor thing over her. Uh, It's Mm -hmm. like nondescript, but it's just like a thing of armor. Uh, And she's able Mm -hmm. to use that to phase someone into there, almost like like an armored Kitty Pride in a cool way. Um, I thought that was a cool use of her powers. I didn't know she could I do did that. I did too. Um, but yeah, seeing her dead parents and being like, like I know it wasn't real, but they like... do they do a really good job of using team dynamic abilities mm-hmm. in New Mutants. Yeah, yeah. Um, how they how they complement each other and work with each other. And I like I like as much as I love the Hickman space stuff. Uh, the promise of the New Mutants was like it is like New Mutants and discovering New Mutants. So like, yeah. I like that this arc or the the, the Britson stuff was let's find let's find those mutants again. Um, yeah. I like that stuff. I hope Me the Vita stuff. Even if it doesn't, um, uh, I, I would like to see more of that in the immunes. Yeah. yeah. Um, on the same same page. What was the arc after that? Uh, right. So that that arc goes all the way up into issue eleven, um, and then issue twelve is the most recent, which is all about Ileana coming after Docs while yes. Nova Roma is attacked. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes, uh, I. Uh, so Docs, as we as we alluded to, is a website that. Yeah. Real quick, before we go too far in that, uh, in, in issue 11, Ileana shows up because um, the uh, new mutants, after they save the girl, um, the moment that the nightmare is over, the military in that area moves in. And oh, they yeah. surround them with guns, and they're like, you know, mm-hmm. the mutants can't fight them and not get hurt, and they mm-hmm. can't fight them and not hurt them and kill them. Yeah. And so their only option is surrender, but Ileana shows up and says, nope, no surrender, because she can speak Russian to them. And she's like, no, they came here to do you a favor. They helped you. This insult will not be forgotten. She gets them all out of there. She just pours them out. Dope. Yeah. Uh, and, like, when Ileana shows up, her sword's on fire. I'm like, man, she is oh, rad. So cool. Yeah. 
uh armor armor is shown later to be uh really messed up she's still carrying a lot of weight from seeing her parents she's not ready to talk about she's it. gonna well, carry that there's also uh i want to say it was issue 11 or t- or either 11 or 10 where iliana goes to the biome to um like their talk habitat to, to talk to Glo- and she sees glob and glob's trying to make is just making dinner yeah oh yeah Lot- latka yeah which they give you a recipe for that glob yes. is just that's what so yeah, so the last issue, so Docs, as we were, as I started to say, was uh, is a website that uh, tells you where you can find mutants. Affiliate the portal. It tells you about them. It tells you when they're showing up, what they're doing. We even see an article page that tells you when mutants drop out of anywhere because they're keeping like immediate reports on every gate. And it's 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 very funny and coincidental that like it's the dawn of X and it's called and this website's Docs, but like it's what it's called. Doxing someone is giving someone's yeah. public information for harm. That's what. Yeah. That's, exists now it happens all the time um so iliana goes to shut him down hell yeah a bunch of old white dudes yeah Yeah, and iliana's like information and like as they're coming up he sees them and he's like the moment they get in here everyone start recording start recording yeah yeah yeah. uh iliana's not having any of it i love it yeah they're they're pissed off no i Um, love go ahead no like when she bursts in there and she puts on the computer and she's like hey this person was killed because you of your website a guy follows your site got their information like all the people who like were killed or yeah. beaten or disabled yeah. and when glob just goes off on the main guy and like the because we know that if a mutant commits the sin the the crime of murder of human he even tells this dude is like i don't care if i will spend the rest of my life in a dark pit it'll be worth it Next because i'll be mutant. yeah and this is the first very- time uh real quick but this is the first time glob has ever uh he's known to be like the sweet child or like the innocent one like he this is the first time as a character he's ever done this so like mm-hmm. there was there was a nice moment of like uh on twitter of like glob fans going like our boy finally stood up for himself oh my gosh mm-hmm. so sweet. yeah yeah um and it's just nice to see a character like this like uh, do what you're saying basically yeah, i was i was even boom boom was like wow didn't expect a real and glob it and have we have to real glob oh, Iliana's like, like no, a, yeah, right. when we reel in i really like it um it's a good and he has a nice like re, he has a nice talk later about like you know oh, that that's so bad like so i didn't think I, I would end up like my dad but like i saw it in yeah. me and it's like i realized it's a cycle that i have to change and i'm gonna be better right and i'm like hell yeah that's that's like good for x but it's good for just everybody it's a, it's a cycle he knows he's been working on this yeah. whole time and and all that kind of stuff and iliana even lets him know that like you know it's a you didn't you didn't kill him and it's okay to let that out you can't keep that inside it's okay to, it's be okay mad. to express it yeah. yeah it's okay to be mad about these kind of things these are things worthy of anger yeah, yeah. Uh, those, three pages, was... those three pages turned me into a hardcore glob fan oh yeah yeah those page not him yelling at the dude just him sitting with his chickens Ileana <laughs> shows up and he finally just lets it all out and tells Ileana everything his backstory how he felt when he first got to the school and now how happy he is on krakoa saying that there's a space for him where no one hates his guts just for him being who he is it's like I don't know why or how, but I connected to that shit, and I thought it was awesome. Globus, yeah, he's he's a he, he's like he's a lot of us. Like he's he's a, he's a nice dude. Like he doesn't want confrontation. No. Uh, he looks scary, but he's the opposite of that. He's a, he's a teddy bear. He's right. a big he teddy bear. To make you food. Yeah, and that food, that recipe actually looks pretty damn good. Meanwhile, aroma. There's an attack happening, and it looks like most of Nova Roma is wiped out, except for a single person. 
mm-hmm. who is being tortured by this lady. We don't know who she is. Oh, no, wait, is this the crazy animal lady? Yeah. Oh, I forgot yeah, about her. The feral creatures. Right. And she puts a, a thing inside of him uh, that will feed on his organs slowly. Through feeding, she develops and releases a secretion that helps repair the damage done by the feeding. She will keep you both alive and in a great deal of pain as she grows inside of you. Alien yeah. shit. I love it. The, the guy being tortured, that's Magma's dad. Yeah. Yeah. And it's messed up. Is this name like Aurelius or something? Like some like yes, Roman it's Aurelius. shit? Yeah, some Roman shit. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, we don't really know what's up with this lady yet. I, I assume she's going to be like the finishing arc before the new yeah, one. Yeah, but she's pissed about uh, them having come and killed the creatures that were hunting the mutants in, in the yeah. area. Yeah. Yeah. For doggies. Um, all right. And finally, the five. Uh, giant size X-Men issues. Giant size X-Men. These are a bunch of setup stories for stuff that comes later, except for one I didn't expect to be a sequel to a giant size book, which is funny. Um, Storm was a sequel to uh, to Jean Grey and Emma Frost. Technically, mm-hmm. technically, Phantom X was too. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like they they all coincided in a way. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't expect that. That's really cool. Nightcrawler and Magneto are more or less standalone. They are definitely yeah. those are the two setup ones for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So um, in, in... And Emma Frost and Jean Grey, which is the first one we are revealed. It's completely sad. It's a beautiful issue. But we are revealed that Storm is dying. She has a virus inside of her. Gorgeous issue. So yeah, there's just unfortunately, there's not a lot to talk about because like Brandon said, it is a silent issue, but it is without a doubt one of the most beautiful comics ever made. Yeah. It is a it, it is reminded, it's called Psychic Rescue. Then yeah, it reminded me like when they go when both um Jean Grey and Emma Frost go inside Storm's brain. The surround the their surroundings reminded me a lot of the ancestral plane from Black Black Panther. Oh, For yeah, sure, yeah. yeah, I saw that. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, that's a that is a beautiful issue. That's it all is. about them learning what's wrong with Storm. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. and it's that she has a techno virus that's going to kill her in thirty days. The from uh, the children of the vault who were in a who, one were in a X a recent X Men issue, but two are classic X Men villains from a previous writer. So. The uh, the Nightcrawler one was the next uh, one, right? I think let's uh, yeah, those were in order, but let's let's just go through Phantom X and Storm since it's all one story. That okay, I'll write down I'll write down my question then for later because I don't want to forget it. Okay, uh, so do Phantom X next? Yeah, so Phantom X. I love so hey another Grant Morrison creation. Phantom X is hella dope. He was raised to be a uh, living sentinel uh, to kill mutants. He's an anti mutant person. Uh, he was raised in the world, which is an artificial. Re- reality um where the worst crazy scientist shit can happen um and he spends decades going back in yeah and asking if his brother uh it's either his brother or, or brother or clone because yeah. we see at the beginning um i wasn't sure which one it is i think it's like uh, i think they're identical twins yeah possibly. Uh, or if, clone. He, if he wants to leave yet and he always says no yeah so this this book is so good again rod reese who's just an insanely talented artist um you start with like the Howling Commandos. You get like a you get a bunch. You get like the Humongnots, who are like this ex- super obscure team. Um, we get five different generations of weird people going into this world, and we don't really know why, which is really fascinating. And but, the world keeps evolving and getting weird. Yeah, and, and the world oh don't and you, more elaborate. No, no, oh no, no, no. Um, <laughs> yeah, and the world is a place where like your your imagination is reality. Like you can make whatever you want. Like there's the, there's the one who what's his name Greg or or does the aim scientist guy um uh, something like that and like nev ned. Ned. ned 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 it is ned, ned. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
because that is a dude who betrayed his he thinks he's betraying aim for an unfathomable amount of money that phantom x does not have but that mm-hmm. is really funny um uh yeah phantom x just keep, keeps going back to the world for unknown reasons but he keeps meeting up with his brother or clone or whatever it is and he keeps getting older and over and it's over 50 years that this clone is getting older while phantom x appears to be the same age because yeah. he's he's a, he's he's a man-made mutant basically um I thought this book again. Um, it's kind of like its own self-contained thing, self-contained thing until the next issue. Um, but all this stuff is super heavy in Remender's Uncanny X Force, um, which is my favorite X Men story. Yeah, I'm um, sure it's not I, going to remain self-contained. I think this is set up for something for next. Oh, 100. Yeah, the world stuff. Oh, and I texted you stuff about this issue. Um, yeah, what uh, was that all about? Cipher. So Cipher is talking to something that's in in the in the the world. Some type and of happened, and this happens in Storm's issue. This happens in Gen. Oh, and, uh, oh I'm sorry, it does happen. Sorry, it's all yeah, wrapping, yeah. it's all wrapping up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, in the Storm issue, but the, uh, the one that came out just this last week. Yeah, I for that's crazy. I'm like, oh, I gotta find to read this. I'm like, oh wait, I, I just bought this. That's funny. Um, sorry, yeah, let's stick with good thing because that's because Storm is the only one I bought. I haven't bought any other ones. They're yeah, all good. I, I bought the Alex Ross variant because that was just a beautiful cover. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, Phantom X one ends with with a, a new team, mostly X Men, are going like it's time to go back to the world for like the fifth time or whatever, which is a uh, which is very cool. Yeah, and then the Storm one has a uh, going back to the world for Storm because the the cure well, is there. Yeah, so the, the the end of Phantom X was teasing this. Yes, uh, which was yeah. a surprise and, and very fun. Um, but yeah, they got the team of of, of X Men and Ned. Who is who is their weasel into into the world? Um, uh, the brother shows up again, and Phantom X is like, "Hey, do you, you want to leave?" He's jacked. He's got this cool suit of armor. Got a dope ass, crazy suit of armor. We, we yeah. see Cipher using his uh, warlock suit. Oh mm-hmm. my god, I definitely wrote that down somewhere. Um, oh yeah, warlock battle suit rules. Um, okay, so that's my yeah. That was my question. What's the deal with warlock? He is his own mutant. So he's not a mutant. He's a member of the techno-organic race of aliens. Uh, he is a classic, classic uh, '80s New Mutants character. Um, so, up. So, if you, I think it was in this issue, um, somebody said, "Oh, it's a secret. Don't let anyone know." Correct? Was it this issue? That's somebody a night said, "Nightcrawler." That's a nightcrawler. Night, oh, that cool nightcrawler. It's it's the same thing though. Um, War, Warlock was supposed to be dead. He's been dead up until this point. Um, if you if you read Hawkspox, uh, there's a hint that he is still alive. Because in the in issue four of Hawkspox, I forget which one, when Xavier is first on Krakoa with Cypher, Cypher leaves behind some of the Warlock juices on some plants, and the plants turn technological. And that's something that's big setup for later. This Warlock stuff is set up for later. Warlock's supposed to be dead. Uh, but he wears him as an arm. Cypher. He, is, he is BFF with Cypher. Yeah, yeah, and he, he wears him as an arm. But as far as the people know, that's just, that's just, uh, that's just Cypher. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a big deal that this Warlock armor exists, and he's like, it's just out in the open. I'm like, oh man, uh, we're just doing it, aren't we? We're just really out in the public. Uh, yeah. But it's the world, so it's not the public. But like, um, why does he? Why does he not want to let people know he's alive? I don't. I don't know. Um, oh, oh, because he, um, Warlock is part of the techno organic thing that's in the future stuff of Hawkspox of that thing that's trying to annihilate all of humanity. And oh yeah, that's their whole goal is is um, is consumption of all life in the universe, basically, be one collective. So if if the X Men know that Warlock's alive, that 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 thing's there, that could be a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I completely forgot all about that stuff. Reading Hawksbox is, is before those stuff was great. Um, 
yeah, this, the, this Phantom X uh, Storm uh, stuff is really cool. Storm has a really powerful moment where she's talking about, it's, it's her old speech about like why a lot of people would ask why would I care? I could just be resurrected. Oh, right. Why fight for this life? Life is just about let death. It go. Life's about uh, living. Life is about the living and, and what you fight for. Yeah, yeah, You yeah. are who you fight for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought that was just really cool because it, it, it easily can be, we were talking about resurrection stuff earlier. Yeah. Easily can be just like, well, yeah, you could just be resurrected back. And she's like, no, but I don't, I don't want to just accept it. I don't want to just accept dying. Exactly. Yeah. yeah I, I think, I think another portion of that is like in that same mentality, if you rely on the resurrection so much, you're going to, you're going to get lazy about other things. Yeah. You're going to, to lose your, your sense of drive, your sense of self and how to, to, to protect the people you love, how to It'll become a yourself. crutch. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, the aim, Ned, basically he's the one who kind of saves Storm's life with this like, this virus that's from the world. And then um, he contains it because it'll break out. Yeah. And, and then she was prepared for it. He's and then like, we get to the moment you're talking about. Uh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. With um, Cypher. There's some, there's some orb um, that is, that, that is sending some kind of signal to Cypher and Cypher can read any language of any kind, you know, technological. It's the virus. It's a, it's the virus contained. It's a virus contained. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, the, the way that it was looked, uh, I sent you guys a text of it. Um, in one of the data pages from Hoxpox, when those techno organic stuff gets too big, it becomes like like a titan in a dominion, blah, blah, blah. Um, it didn't look exactly like that, but it looked enough like that where I wouldn't be surprised if that's the start of that uh, that organ- or that uh, assimilation of technology thing yeah. uh, starting mm-hmm. in there. Because Cypher's like, you, sh- you shouldn't be here and you're very weird, but you seem kind of cool. So I'm going to let you, I'm gonna let you stay. And I'm like, Ah, uh, that seems awful. That that did not seem like a a good thing he's talking to. He interpreted it that way, but I'm like, oh, that's bad shit. That is that yeah, is bad. That's, shit. A, that's a bad idea. Fox Fox pregame right there. Yeah, I I don't even know if he interpreted it as a good thing. I think he's just got nothing to do about it right yeah, now. Yeah, it's like because oh. he's like he's like because the, the real comment back is just like, yeah, I'll be seeing you too. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I'll that's, be, that's I'll be seeing you. That doesn't mean yeah. that he's accepting it as like this is okay. No, you're right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just like. Again, to see all this Hawks, like a lot more stuff in the in the second volume we'll talk about next week, but like seeing the kernels of everything we've talked about so um, is, I, is really cool. I think that time stuff works differently in the world, right? Yes. So time, time and space stuff. Yeah. So that thing could grow faster there than it does in the normal world. Yeah, potentially. Uh, yeah. And that could get us to uh, Nimrod quicker. Yes. Yeah. Which has been the Nimrod whole point the of like... Day. That's like the whole point of, of this whole thing is like we need to make sure that Nimrod is never created. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, and I and I think that this could inadvertently create Nimrod. And again, right now. yeah, going from Hoxpox, like the whole thing was like, oh, it's not that it's not that like uh, we, we win or lose. It's like it's inevitable. Like the uh, the mutant the mutant loss is almost inevitable because like uh, AI is gonna advance no matter what, technology is gonna advance no matter what. You can you can kill everyone who has something to do with it. It will still advance somehow if life finds a way, uh, right? Um, and I just think that's fascinating. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Th- these books specifically, like, especially uh, uh, New Mutants, is going to be I think super heavy involved in like later uh, events, specifically because Warlock. Warlock is such a major deal. Him be- not sp- being a secret. That's such a big thing. I don't know why. Yeah, and we see them in uh, we see, and then the Nightcrawler one one shot. We see, uh, you know, he's just kind of like, "Hey, um, don't tell anyone." Just don't tell anyone. I can't say why yet. The event hasn't been announced. Yeah. Um. <laughs> this is definitely this and Magneto. Yeah, they are they are very much one shots setups. Um. The 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 old X Mansion, which hasn't been used in a long time, uh, has had some rumblings. So the X Men go to investigate, and uh, 
it's been it's been taken over by an old school X-Men villain called the 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 SIDR, the the Cider. Um, and they're basically a collective mind of, of bounty hunters. Like they go, they're they're bounty hunters, but they're like yeah. little aliens. Um, it's not really important to the story. It's a Nightcrawler seeing all these old dead people. And it's like, it's called the Haunted Mansion. Because of uh, Lady Mastermind. Because Lady Mastermind was unfortunately the first person to investigate. And she got uh, taken over by the bugs. And her powers manifested this to happen, to send out a yeah. signal. Um, it's 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 a fine story. I don't think it's like super great, to be honest. I think it's good. Uh, the Alan Davis art's like, he's a classic. Like, I keep saying classic, but like it is classic stuff. Like Alan Davis is a classic 80s X-Men uh, artist mm -hmm. uh so i think the book looks really nice um, especially when warlock shows up yeah uh nightcrawler is always really cool um let's see what did i write here yeah lady mastermind um the 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 cider are gonna stay at the expansion um they they, they made a deal so like hey you stay there and we won't bother you so those aliens are gonna show up it's for some reason um you know space stuff and x-men go hand in hand i, I loved that there was an issue that addressed like what's up with the mansion right now yeah because like yeah it's just hang out doing they just left it alone yep Lady Mastermind for it at all. Yeah, uh, Lady Mastermind is again like low, low tier villain. It's like it's nice they can just pop up and like, oh, there she is. Like, oh, um, there, there she goes. Well, the Magneto one is he's trying to get uh, a lighthouse built for Emma. He's trying to build a, a special building on a very particular island, and he needs permission from Namor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's some. So he hangs out on that island for a while, waiting. He, it's the lighthouse with Will Willem Dafoe, yeah. Willem Dafoe and Magneto. I love it. Uh, and and uh, the captain's like, you know, he, you know, he shows up. He'll just show up whenever. And Magneto's like, yeah, that's fine. I don't care. I got time. Uh, and then Namor shows up. He's like, hey, I need this island. Like, I don't give a shit about you, X Men. Why would I ever help you? Emma Frost wants it. Oh, she can have it. Uh, Namor loves. <laughs> Frost. Yeah, yeah. Amor loves blondes. If He's you guys... like, but you gotta come do this thing with me real quick. Yeah, you gotta go uh, do an underwater uh, zombie mission yeah. where we get a key. It's locking key underwater. Um, we get a kraken. Up... Yeah, they fight a big old kraken. Um, but yeah, I love they... how Namor, when when they open the gate and Namor's like, kraken. It's always a kraken. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Namor's like uh, it, Magneto. I think he even talks to him about like you know you can come to Krakoa, and he's like, why the shit would I want to go to Krakoa? <laughs> I, I, own the ocean. I own the ocean, my man. And he's like, you don't have to invite me. I know I could go to Krakoa. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Namor is the Doctor Doom of the Sea. He's the best. Um, I bet that uh, that so they get a key to unlock some door that Namor wanted to open, but we don't know what it unlocks. So that's an event or something happening later on in X Men for sure. Which great, which is great. Um, uh emma frost content oh guys emma frost killed a mutant um uh, named bill the lobster for that meal that they're talking about because um uh there's a mutant who's like who's like an expert chef and then magneto goes to eat with emma frost and uh the line specifically is like yeah like they 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 sacrifice themselves for the perfect dish and there's a lobster called bill the lobster who was in the original fallen angels comic book and the the editors were like, we're not saying it's not Bill the Lobster, but we're not saying it is. <laughs> you guys killed Bill the Lobster for Emma Frost. That's so sick. Um, <laughs> I think that's wild. Time out. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was just a freaking lobster. No, bro. There's like just because you know how sometimes in Hunters after they after uh, they get their kill, they they go to the to their prey and say, I have to, I thank you because your your death will give me life or so you know some to, so they don't feel so bad about them. So I don't freaking know. No, I, I saw that a lot of time once. No, and some hunters no, do that. Specifically, but, was like their sacrifice is for this the delicate meal or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, because I figured that he was just being a super 
like a super like I, I don't know a really uh eccentric that's the word i'm looking for yeah, eccentric yeah. kind of chef is like this lobster gave its life to feed you and give you this delicate excellent meal and even when they're like whoa this meal is today yeah. I'm like thank you so now that i know it's built the freaking i didn't know there was a meal called build the freaking lobster zoom in Here we go. there Here it is that's bill that's bill that's He's bill the lobster listen Jesus. sometimes listen in humans get turned into dogs sometimes you get turned into a lobster it sucks sorry dog <laughs> Well, at least uh, they can resurrect uh, him. Although that's kind of messed up. It's like, you go to the five. We need to resurrect Bill the Lobster. Why? I want to eat he, him again. He was compensated, I'm sure. All right. Yeah. There's obviously a lot more fantastic about these issues, but we just do not have the time to dive deep, deep into all of yeah. this. Uh, we're also not going to be talking about Fantastic Four X-Men. Um, that is a completely standalone series that's not tied to X of Swords. That's just a fun crossover. But it's um, the thing you should read if you're in... To all it's, a, stuff. it's a it's um dodson joint like yeah. uh that's a that's a hell of a good book same with no, empire which we are also not discussing yeah that's a tie into uh, but event. that but that is also solid and growing part of krakoa stuff solid. you should definitely definitely pick up the fantastic four x-men stuff it i can it's really good as well as empire x-men i at first i was like plants versus zombies but x-men style then i started reading i'm like oh no this is really freaking good Mick freaking good. Uh, issue four wow. of Empire X Men is one of my favorite issues of Mine all yeah. this year. It's so wholesome and fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So we're going to go into our book club because we forgot that when we talk about comics, we don't have a book club. So we have a book club this week. Hey, I would say we, we push it, but then we also are doing the same thing next week. So, well, I, I don't have to pick a book club next week. Do you guys want to push it? Because it is kind of late already. I mean, to be perfectly honest, I didn't finish it. Okay, good. Finish the book because the second volume is way better than the first, and I like both a lot. So please, yeah, good. We're gonna push it. Good. All right, we'll push it because it's already okay. three, almost three and a half hours. Dude, dude, I when I was done reading all my X Men stuff, I had like less than half an hour to to come on here with you guys. I'm like, I'm just like trying to skim as fast as possible. No, I I'm feel you. Like, oh. yeah, I want you to properly and beautifully read all that. I awesome will prop. I Are will we pushing to next week? Yes. Well, you can push the week after. I'm asking. I... We're we also can... talking about comics next week, so we could just push it the next week, the week after. We start earlier, so we're not recording so late. Maybe. Well, we can play it by ear. Also, I mean, I've already read it, so it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. So we so can play it by ear. I'm I'm fine with doing it next week. I'm cool doing it next week. I, yeah. I can do it. I get because now because next week a lot of the books I think we're going to talk about I own physical copies of. So also maybe just don't wait till the very last minute to do it. I wasn't waiting until the very last minute to do all of it. No, I'm not. No, I'm not saying that to you. I'm just saying it at you. Okay. Uh, so next week we will be talking about the next comics in our and Dawn of X and uh, Dawn of X, more swords. So we're gonna talk about X Men, X Force, Cable, Wolverine. Am I missing an X? Hold on. Excalibur, the most important one. That's the one that's about the swords. Excalibur. Um, okay. So guys, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. If you're listening to this on the replay, um, if you are watching this, please don't forget to subscribe to this channel. Don't forget to like this video. Don't forget to do the bell icon thing to let you know when a new video is coming, because we put out a lot of videos, uh, a lot of stuff on this YouTube channel, our Lovecraft country episode five, correct? Hell yeah. Episode is up now. And that is also in the link in the description below. Um, we're, we'll be continuing with Lovecraft Country. That show is really cool. That's the Warlock boy. That's what I meant, Brandon. That guy. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's one of those boys. Uh, speaking True. of the boys, we got the boys 
coming soon. Uh, we were we were gonna do one way, but you know what? A lot of, a lot of stuff to do. So boys is gonna come, but it'll come oh, after. We, we do a season season talk. Oh, I am the butler. That's all. We also uh, Mag meant to be butcher. <laughs> Mag later, guys. Later, Mag. Later, um, well said, Basement Arcade. No new episodes of Basement Arcade uh, in the pipeline, or uh, but you can check out the back catalog. No, but I think I might have a way that we can all. It would only be Sparks and I playing, but I think I have a way that we can do Mortal Kombat. If you okay. guys don't mind watching it. I don't mind watching it. Um, it's mostly we're doing the story, but I think I have a way that I, I might have figured it out. We can we can talk about that because yeah. I mean we're not in a rush. No, exactly. But I'm just like throwing it out there. Uh, and of course, our Fake Nerd Book Club series, our newest series, where the next episode we are talking about the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Volume Four and Five. Uh, the current episodes up. Also, if you remember our first three episodes of the show, we talked about the book Wasted Space, which there are three volumes out now. Uh, we finally got to interview the writer. Uh, co-creator michael morisi heck yeah uh, that interview is in the pipeline now it'll be up sometime this week uh, so stay tuned for that that was a lot of fun that was excellent i loved it um we also have some masks guys the quarantines are still happening so please uh uh be safe uh wear a mask if you want to support your 15th favorite podcast why don't you buy ours uh with a little fake <laughs> podcast we were seventh last week, man. This is awful. <laughs> he finally finally caught on to what I was doing. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you want to, so please your 150th favorite podcast. <laughs> um, please get some get some masks. Uh, support us with our masks. We don't have a whole lot left, but we still have some. This is what uh, they look like, BT Dubs. If you're watching, but if you're listening, they look awesome. They have a logo on it. Um, we also have a Patreon if you want to support us there. Uh, financially, you can support us. Uh, you get a lot of cool stuff with a $5 tier. Uh, if I can remember to update it, I'm sorry to our one patron, Joey's on. Um, I love you, Joey. Um, uh, are you doing Downright Annoyed soon? Oh, yeah, we're doing a tomorrow. We're doing it tomorrow. What's the movie? It's a documentary about uh, Rubik's Cubing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm excited about it too. <laughs> Like you guys are starting to pick things to punish each other. <laughs> One person specific. <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, we also have a team public if you want to support us with some cool other merch like t-shirts and things like that. We got a lot of cool t-shirts up there. Uh, or you can just go to our website to find all. Sorry, all those links are in the description below. Or you could just go to our website where all those links are available um, at www.fakenerdpodcast.com. Thank you to everybody who's been watching the stream. Uh, we had four people watching the stream at, at one point. That was cool. Um, guys, thank you for supporting this quarantine cast thing. It's been uh, really stressful not to see these guys every week in person, but this is kind of the next best thing. Doing it with, yeah. you, guys, doing it with you guys, doing it with the comments. Don't mean to get too real there. Um, but thank you to also the people who are listening to this on the audio replay. Uh, thank you to Jeremy Bellucci for our uh, music. If you were listening to this, and you heard some of the intro music. He does all that. You can find him at Jeremy Bellucci Keyboards, or you can find his podcast, Suburban Proctologist, at iTunes or Spotify or Facebook.com slash Suburban Proctologist Official or Instagram at Subhark Podcast. Thank you to Mike Patola. Uh, Mike said that we should do an X Men podcast, just a dedicated X Men podcast. I told him we're too busy, but who knows? Dedicated X Men podcast? Yeah. Listen, 
I I don't have the time, but of all the things that I would squeeze in, that would be the thing. I would have thought it would be who's banging. That's I, that that's more effort. That's like that. I want that to be like a nice video thing where I do a lot of effort and like yeah. I can talk about X Men. All right. Um, so you can find him at Mike Patola. He did our logos for Fictor Podcast, Fictor Book Club, and Miscellaneous. Um, all right. We are all on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all at Fictor Podcast, FictorGuys at gmail.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us personally, I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, ben? You can find me at BenMagnet27 on Instagram and Twitter. You can also find me writing for Old School Gamer Magazine, like I mentioned earlier. Link in, is in the description for my latest article, which is a salute to the Nintendo 3DS. Sparks? You can find me uh, reading more for school uh, at SparksWitty on Instagram and Twitter, SPARKZWitty. Oh, speaking of reading, I read 17 pages of Dune. So at this rate, I'll be done in 2022. So, <laughs> hey guys, the Speed Cubers is a documentary on the lives of the Speed Cubic champions Max Park and Felix Zemdegs. Some of the some of the footage was shot at the World Cube Association Championships in Melbourne, Australia. You can find me at DJ Tony Snark watching that movie. <laughs> Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, YouTube, obviously, and now Amazon Music and Podcasts. Amazon Music and Podcasts have launched, and we are one of the we are one of the launch podcasts that they invited. Uh, so we're some of the we are the the first wave of podcasts to be on Amazon Music and Podcasts. So subscribe to us there. Um, nice. If I'm if I'm being honest, I'm surprised they didn't already have one, and it was just called something else. It well, yeah. they had Amazon Music, which is like Spotify. Oh, okay, I got gotcha. you. All right, uh, but now they have this oh. new thing. It's kind of this launch thing that now has podcasts, and we were invited, and so I applied um all right rate and review wherever you get us we greatly appreciate it uh oh shit i forgot to do the thing until next week guys wait stay fake nerds